COVID monkey. I'm not a COVID monkey. <laughs> That's going I'm, I'm, intro. <laughs> I'm, 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 an, I'm an Ebola monkey. Born. All right, should we? Yep, let's do it. Um, is there anything we need to know? Uh, do we have the fact? Does anyone have a link to the fact? Yeah, I have it open. Well, I wouldn't mind having it open. Actually, fuck it, I haven't even read it, so I'm going to just rely on you, Pat. You're just going to find out about it during the episode? What? 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 Live what? reaction. I, like I, haven't it. Even, I haven't even looked at the fact. So. Really? You put... Down. Okay. Where the fuck well, I thought that was going to be the second half of this episode, so I was going to go through and read through the bolt action thread about it. And I saw enough Topher and, uh, and, and saw enough Juggernauts theory. bitch about it, so I think we're good. I don't know. There's a whole lot of this Pat Moline bullshit running <laughs> through it too. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's, see, let's start the show. <laughs> Situation normal. All, all fouled up. This is Snafu. All right, welcome to episode 53. Uh, I'm Rick. Say hi, Pat. Hi, Pat. Say hi, Dale. Hi, Dale. Jeff? Jeff. Well done. It's like, it's like trained monkeys at this point. All right. Uh, well, it only took to 52 episode. episodes to get that part right. Yeah. I'll figure out another way. I've I got to figure out cool things to make you say at this point so we have sound clips for later. It's too late for that. Yeah, we aren't cool. I know that, but that's okay. Not anyway, it's fine. All right, welcome to another episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some FAQ uh, I think the next thing I'm mean, think looks like a bunch of wish listing, so we're gonna to, we're gonna have to deal with that, and then we're gonna talk about tank wars after that. Tank wars? What? What? Why are we talking about this archaic beast? Because, because we wanted to a long time ago and held off because we thought it was gonna be revamped with version two, and it never did. So it finally leaked its way back <laughs> in the agenda. The quickest way to get them to change something is for us to review it. So yes. right, yeah, right, yeah. Well, we'll get them to make everything worse uh, we, if we can work it out right we might have Paul Walker drop by for a few minutes too oh sweet alright well we'll see how we can make that happen uh, mm, not to get some pina colada mix right, yeah, right. Well, huh? get, a, get a lot more drunk all of a sudden um, so let's uh, let's start uh, Jeff are you doing any hobby stuff lately I mean yeah yeah I'm always doing hobby stuff <laughs> uh, let's see I had, a, I had a fairly big break we did a Wife and I did a fairly long road trip here, so that ate up a lot of my time between episodes. Yeah, that looked like fun. Uh, it was a ton of fun, not going to lie. And we even stumbled across the, mili- the National Military Vehicle Museum in the middle of flipping nowhere Wyoming, So, hmm. which was super cool. They'd only like, been open six weeks, I guess. So, Like you oh, didn't wow. know it existed until you no, saw it? No, we oh, were literally nice. driving the highway towards Yellowstone. We came around a bend in some canyon, and it's like, I looked down to my left, and there's a set of flagpoles with an M60 patent, and I was like... Eh, eh, whatever, you know, I mean, everybody's got M60 patents. You drive across Wisconsin, you see three dozen of them. Right, every, like, park in the city. Exactly. <laughs> then I get around the corner, but up at, up at the gate, there's an M3 Lee, an M5 Stewart, and an M4 Sherman. And I was like, oh, shit, they've got a Lee. This place might actually have something. So we didn't have to be anywhere, so we just pulled in. Cool. That's cool. And, Jesus, they had more vehicles. 
I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Their vehicle collection, I felt, was better than the National World War II Museum in New Orleans. Wow. wow. Better than the Smithsonian. Wow. Just for numbers and types. was hmm. fantastic. And I guess it used to be a private collection, somebody's private collection that they just decided to turn into a museum and get funding for. Was this cool. like Radar's personal collection? Like, Man, somebody... I don't know, but I swear to God, some of the st- I'm going to do a Facebook collage of it at some point, maybe when this episode comes out. But some of the stuff he had in there, I've never seen in person before. That's cool. I mean, I he had. I mean, it has all the standard, you know, twenty different kinds of M4 Shermans. But he had a uh, the Grant, so the British version of the M3 tank with the fatter turret on top. He had a sure. T3485. There wow. were two. I think there were Chihas in there, so Japanese tanks. Wow. A couple wow. LVTs. Uh, I'd never seen one in person. Are they? Uh, do they fit thirty six guys in it? You know, Jesus, I think you could. <laughs> I mean, no joke. They were way bigger than I, even I thought they were going to be. Huh. I was like, I cool. printed one a while ago, and I was like, God, I think I got the scale wrong in this. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. So, okay. And a couple, he had a, so like, you see all this, it's really nice. It's got the card placards telling you about the tanks, where they came from. And the like they said, the place had been open for six weeks. So, like, you wander through the museum kind of part of it, and then you get in the back room, and it's just like this giant empty warehouse. I, I, empty is the wrong word. It's a giant warehouse just filled with more tanks and vehicles that aren't ready for display yet. They're just parked there. Hmm. And it was oh, like, cool. uh, one of these, yeah, you right. know, I think I probably could have. They had a Kettenkrad. I'd never seen one in person. Which oh, was cool. Pretty pimp. There was uh, one of the German jet fighters, not the 262, but one of the experimental ones where the engine's up on the back. Um, I'd never seen one of those in person. <laughs> there was uh, one of the Israeli. We sold the Israelis a bunch of M4 Shermans after the war, and they upgraded them, put a bigger gun on them, different kind of muzzle brake and everything. Really beefed them up into Super Shermans. He had one of those back there. I'd never seen one of those. Okay, so we're gonna change the podcast, and Justin's gonna tell us about the museum trip. Man, it was gender changed. My wife yes. was laughing because she's like, "You're you're giggling," and I was like, "I know, I'm sorry, but." I've, I've never <laughs> seen most of these things in person, and I love military vehicles. I mean, I've been to a lot of museums in many countries. I've never cool. seen some of these, though. So it blew my mind. And yeah, did they have any of the big big cats? They did not have any of the big cats. They had a Hetzer, okay, okay. which made my day because I love yeah, Hetzers. Right. You love Hetzers. Kind of yeah. end up you uh, cheating on your wife a little bit there with that Hetzer. Oh, boy. <laughs> Almost. I couldn't quite touch it, but, boy, I wanted to. Uh, they had, oh, here's the one that got me. They had a... And I don't know if this was a reproduction or not, but it looked real enough. They had a 251 German half-track, this, the C variant that's got the uh, the bowed doors, not the not the flat back on the D, but the C one that's got the angled doors on the pack. So like one of the early ones, which I don't think that many of those were made. So if that's an original, I don't know where the hell he got that. But Oh, I think I made one of those, and I remember hating those fucking doors. Yeah, but I mean, it was really cool to see one. Yeah, and I I don't know if this was some kind of weird conversion one either because the it had um, I don't know what to call them, metal doors you could close on the top of it to enclose the inside of it. Like Did you on hear hinges. that? Warlord, not open top. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's what I caught my eye. So I've got I took as many pictures as I could without looking over my shoulder and crawling into it because I wasn't sure what the security cameras were like. But boy, I think I could have. <laughs> Anyway, but I mean, it's literally, it was outside, I'm going to call it Dubois, 
because that's how I think it's supposed to be said. It might be Dubois, depending on your pronunciation. I mean, the French that were there would probably call it Dubois, but... I I tend to agree, but I've learned that in Philadelphia (laughs) they say it differently, so the hell if I know. But it's literally middle of flipping nowhere Wyoming, and it's... I don't even know how you get to it. Like, you'd have to fly to Jackson Hole and drive two and a half, three hours. It seems like a weird place, but okay. Man, it is... I guess the guy had a ranch out there somewhere. Okay. Man, I am... No joke, it's a beautiful building. Um, Interesting. Really nice setup. They had a, a central gun cabinet thing uh, where they have all these different historical rifles. So if you ever want to, they had a couple German assault rifles. They had a couple German machine guns, American machine guns. Apparently, they had Wyatt Earp's Colt revolver. Huh. Wow. So, cool. I mean, just just fantastic. So, if you find yourself driving across the middle of flipping nowhere, Wisconsin, uh, Wyoming, I got to recommend it. It was fantastic. And that was basically on your way out to Yellowstone. Yeah, and I had no idea it was there. Literally, until I came around the bend in some canyon. And it's cool. like, here's this beautiful building. And they had a Space Force flag. That's what really caught our eye at first. <laughs> so I was like, how the hell do they have a Space Force flag already? <laughs> That's awesome. Limited so, edition. First right? run. They did right? the pre-order. They, they actually are funding it. It's the, yeah. like a campaign flag. No, oh God, it could have been. <laughs> I was sorely disappointed they didn't have one in the gift shop. I would have bought one. That's, oh, a Space Force flag? Oh, God, yeah. Are you kidding that would be, yeah, I mean, the reality is it may not last that long, so maybe it would be a collector's item. Well, quickly. I mean, you're going to have to buy, like, an old Federation one and just dye it black and silver. I mean, same thing. So. <laughs> same, same, yeah. Okay. But anyway, so, yeah, that was that was super awesome. Other than that, sorry, I'm, I'm going on and on here, but for hobby things, I did come up with a new hobby project to keep me motivated and bolt action a little bit during our slowdown of tournaments here. And I've decided I'm going to just pick my 12 bolt action tables I have rather than building any new ones I'm just going to improve the ones I have piece by piece cool that's so that's my new year project cool did the 3D printer get the time off then well when I was out of town yeah okay I mean that's <laughs> the only time I'd, it. <laughs> that's the only time it ever gets any kind of break is when I travel <laughs> you should let me know I'll come over and fire it up for you I would like that man. It's probably <laughs> you get, better you for get it home you walk running. downstairs and you hear an audible damn it <laughs> coming from your 3D printer <laughs> I was going to say, if you made it web-enabled, I'd just send stuff to it via the internet. It'd be if great. there was a way to pop prints off the bed and reset the bed, yeah. Yeah, that's the trick, mm. is that you can only do that once because you'd have to be there to take it off. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I've seen guys yeah. that have made, like, a conveyor belt system. I'm I mean, yeah, people talented, are printing but... those, like, PPE things, like, and having... Like, I, I remember seeing it where they'd set up... There was some They wrote some G-code at the end that would, like, move it to a sp- certain spot on the... Mm-hmm. Like, it moved the bed to a certain spot, and then it would move forward, and it had a little stick that would push it off the, the bed when it was done. If you, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen it, but basically they would print it, and then they would move it over and then push it off with, the, with some G-code. Yeah. It was pretty funny. But yeah. they're printing, like, thousands of them, so. Whatever. Well, I mean, you need to. Yeah. So. And you don't want to have well, to do it every time they finishes one of those. No, I mean so. that's the, like that's sometimes that's one of the longest parts in three D printing is peeling the old the print completed print off and getting the bed ready for the next one. So. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right, um, I'm next on the agenda, and actually I have done some stuff. Uh, I'm working on the Romanians again, little piece bit piece by piece here. Um, yeah, I've been. It's funny. I've been building models for some other game systems, and I've been putting all of those out like just getting them all assembled and i was like well if i'm gonna do i'm gonna do basically a giant prime run at once i'm gonna do all my zenith all at once so i figured i'm like i might as well get all the romanians ready to do the same thing with because they aren't there i'm not that far away so now i'm 
starting to work on them again because I'm I don't know if I have the ambition, but I definitely am like, if I'm going to do one priming session, I'm going to do it with all of my models, damn it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, probably put another, I'm putting a bunch of small teams together and I'm putting, I think I probably, unfortunately, I like, I put my list back. I like rewrote my list and I realized I'm probably still about 30 dudes short. So there you go. <laughs> imagine that. I, I think the list has 80 guys in it. Jesus. 80 regulars, mind you. Not even you need those canister grounds to deal with that list. <laughs> well, and it's, it, I mean, it's, and, it had, and, and Jeff will like this. I think I snuck a flamethrower tank in there now, too. Yay. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, actually, I don't know, I, I don't know how I overlooked this before, the OT-34. So it's a Soviet tank that has a, a medium anti-tank gun on top and a turret flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Like, together. I'm like, all right, that sounds like, it's like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Nothing I don't uh, like. Isn't in this the flamethrower hull mounted? Yes, it is hull mounted. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah, yes, it's not turret mounted. Excuse me. Right. Yes, yeah, so it's got the turret mounted anti tank gun and the coaxial MMG, and then the hull mounted flamethrower. Yep. Yeah. So you know, yeah. So you have a coaxial, but you don't. You lose. You lose one of the machine guns for the flamethrower, but who cares? Like, I'll yeah, take a flamethrower. I think you pay forty points for that. That's like two thirty five. I think it's cost. It's. I think it's what it is. Yeah. For a for a nine plus armor with a five plus gun on top, it's not yep. so bad. So anyway, I have I haven't picked that up yet, but that's the only piece that I'm still lacking. I think, and you don't have to stuff. use the unreliable rules either. So no, but it's easily catch flame, uh, easily catch well, flammable or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. or except volatile the, tanks. That's what it is. Except for the crocodile, which has the jettison thing. It has the external tanks, right? Yep. Like yeah, you can pop them off the back if you yeah, toes are fire. Uh-huh. Smart enough. Anyway, so that's that's what I've been working on. Pat, how about you? Uh, let's see. I finished my Pacific board. Oh, so, I haven't seen pictures of this yet. Um, I did share them with the group. I haven't put them online yet. I'll probably be doing that once this episode goes. See, out. I think I'm not on the WhatsApp group that you're sharing them in anymore because you're not no. sharing them on Discord. That's right. You, that's right. I uh, have to join, rejoin just. So that's in the Volt Action one. You should be in that one. In the Discord? No. Yeah, I, I'm not in the Volt Action one. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll then have you to, haven't I'll seen have it. Seen. Yeah, I have definitely not seen it. I would like to. Uh, okay. I would definitely like to see it. Well, that's done. Uh, it came down to the last piece was uh, with the crashed airplane and the the palm trees and stuff. And uh, I used a whole almost all your palm trees and had to order some more, Rick. Jesus, what the? Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to use all my palm trees, but all right, I, I mean, guess. I still get the little skinny beige ones, but all the the, the darker colored ones. With oh, the, all the thicker ones. Yeah. Oh, good. I actually hate those ones. So you can have those. Oh, good. Well. well Good, because they're all used, and I had to buy some more. <laughs> no, t- I want them back. <laughs> well, you can, but they're part of train now. So Sweet, I want them back. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get a board done? Yeah, this is like... Send it over to my house, get it done. Isn't that how uh, 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 Dave gets some of his tanks painted? Uh, he got a truck painted, but yeah. I still have it. Oh. Well, so I don't okay. know how that worked out. See, I got that board done. That was uh, really good to get off the table, because I have... This the next board behind it is been 3D printing for a couple two three weeks now, and that's the I, I still haven't figured out how I'm going to do it, but I want to start laying out all the track for all these. Somehow I'm going to do a train yard. I haven't figured out how exactly I'm going to do that, but I have a ton of stuff printed out for it. Cool. So why to get now? I've got the Pacific board done, so I can get that put away, so I can start laying out the next one. Uh, also for the Pacific board, I got my Marines first batch done i still have to do about a dozen or so guys uh got them on bases started doing the highlights 
So I got about 30 of those guys done. Still have to do the mortar and artillery pieces. And have to decide on a tank. Oh, wait, never mind. Hang on. On the print bed right now, thanks, Dewey Cat, is uh, the Harvester M24. Uh, last is episode. That a, we, that, that is, is, that, is, is the a tractor? Uh, it's basically the, corn? It's the Marines version of the Katika. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Rocket truck. The rocket launcher, yep. yeah. Okay. Mariana. The Harvester is the is a, is a type of truck, yeah. Okay. Harvester International M24. Yep. So uh, Dewey Cat was kind enough to, I sent him the file that I was getting some corrupt warnings on when I was doing the slicer, and he he fixed that, sent it to me, and I said, well, hang on, let me fix it again. Hang on, let me fix it again. Hang on, let me fix it. Six different versions I have now. He sent the last one just uh, yesterday, I think it was, or maybe it was this morning even. <laughs> but and now he's he's content enough that he's actually putting it on his uh, his where they War Game 3D. I think is where all his stuff is at. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that is actually ready for me to go pull off the print bed as soon as we get done recording here. Sweet. And now it's uh, now let's figure out what to do next. So we're, when we do that, we like to clean up everything in between projects so we have a nice clean start. So. That'll probably be the next step this week. Are we, is that you and Golem? Yeah. Me, okay. myself, and I. Is Smeagol and Golem together? Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. Dale, uh, what you working on? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moving right along, then. <laughs> Huge build-up for that. Playing, just playing a lot of computer games. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm, Nothing I'm wrong with having, that, I'm having a difficult time not playing video games, as we had a discussion about that earlier today on uh, chats. So... Uh, I get it. Uh, are you still doing the WoW beta? Um, I've pretty much gone through the testing. Um, Blizzard did something they've only done once before, and that was delay a major expansion. So um, thanks, COVID. Yeah, I am. Um, so, I mean, um, a lot of people play World of Warcraft um, very uh, meaningfully, like it's a big part of their existence, and. Um, one thing that my wife and I do, we really enjoy doing, is actually taking time off when an expansion comes and then just playing it, like, nonstop. I mean, we still eat and sleep. And, and you don't like stuff. Cartman and shit in a like, no, bedpan it's, or it's never been No, it's never been right. that bad. Okay. But it's it's a lot of fun because it's it's new content, it's new scenery, and we just we just really enjoy it. But as we've gotten older, that's kind of dropped off. But we still enjoy those first couple of days. Sure. And so we had... Um, we had planned to take some time off to do the same thing. And we are not unique in that regard. Plenty of, of folks do that. Well, last week they announced that they're delaying it. And that freaked some people out. <laughs> you know, oh, because I can't imagine. They've asked for time off or, or whatever the case may be. Right. Just so they can enjoy that. And now, so that kind of screwed up. And <laughs> Everyone's like, what am I going to do with that time off of work? <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and I'm sure many of those people don't have the flexibility with their work to kind of change those things around and sure. stuff like that. So it does kind of suck for those people, but you know, in there's always some folks where it's you know, internet overreaction or, and there's this comment right. on, on the thread posts like, yo, I just, whoever it was, man or woman, they posted like, yo to blizzard. Yo, I just, I just want to, I'm just curious if you got pregnant because you fucked my life. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. I was like, I was like Wow, I'm glad that I was never that into something. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, the whole realm of like online gaming has a 
a very addictive personality type like right so those people are it's, you know it, it it does a really good job of just hitting that those pleasure mm-hmm. centers in your brain for sure and you know it's an addiction so yeah like and for some people obviously that for most people it's fine but for some people that can become a problem and it makes you irritable and make you say stupid shit on the internet yeah. apparently so um uh well too bad war wizard <laughs> not wizards that's not wizards that's uh that's blizzard anyway okay well welcome to video games that's a thing i have played plenty of them since covid started and i played way more than i would like to admit and it's definitely killed my hobby a little bit but it is it is what it is but it's one of those things we can do together which kind of yep. makes mm-hmm. it there's some worth in that so. there's some social there is definitely some social aspects to video gaming that we're lacking as far as i mean as far as our community of gamers and stuff that we wouldn't get otherwise so i agree um and you know what? It, it brought us Tabletop Simulator, which is awesome for lots of things. Yeah, it is. So, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, that's all of our hobby stuff. I'm sure we'll have more next time. Maybe. Somebody will. I, I'm sure I won't. But I'll, um, have, I'll have purchased some miniatures that I probably won't have painted. So. <laughs> well, that's that's a gimme. Like, thank you, Warlord, for giving sending out emails full of sales. That was appreciated. Um, I don't know that I actually bought any this time. But I, I was able to hold off just barely. You can buy I, the pre-painted army that you could pay for later. No, God, no! I no, I was not going to do. It was pre, it was pre-painted. I thought so. I think it was just showing was you it? a painted army. I think it was oh. just telling you to you could buy an army on layaway, which I, or credit. And I was like, that's, no, call it layaway because that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. I was like, this seems like a really bad idea. I think I'm I'm cool. Like, and and that was the thing that killed me the most. I'm like. Warlord models, and I know everyone's in a different financial situation, and I think that that's something to be said, and I think this is something that I read about that, is like, if you're ever in a position where you have to decide to pay your rent or buy models, you should pay your, pay your rent. rent. You shouldn't be buying, I don't. I personally don't believe you should be buying models on credit. It's hard to sleep under those boxes. Yeah, right. Uh, they're not comfortable either. But, and, and, you know, everybody's in a different situation. I'm not saying that that's, I can't say one way or the other 100%, but it seems really odd that this is a thing now. And it also seems really odd because I feel like Warlord models are fairly inexpensive compared to most. Yeah. Like you can buy an entire army for like 200 bucks. So just save up the money and buy it as one big, like one, you know, that might take a while for some people to save up that much money, but you you know, (laughs) show some self-restraint. I don't know what to say. Trying to be very nice to people, but at the same time, it's credit. 0% interest too, or, uh, uh, I think it might have been. I, I think it, I think it might have been zero percent. So it's not the end of the world if you did it. I just think it's a. I I don't know what the interest rate is if you don't meet the payments though. Is it thirty percent? Some uh, stupid crazy number like that. Then normally some zero percent. Yeah, if it's usually if it's usually zero, it's usually some crazy astronomical number at the back end. So it it's just a crazy place to 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 get into credit for miniatures. Or or. Or go get yourself a Capital One card or something that gives you points back at least. You get something for your trouble. But I don't know. Anyway, we're not a financial institution. I am not a banker. Don't take my advice. Use their credit program if you like to. I think it's an interesting move into the world of um, our hobby. And I don't think it's obviously Warlord didn't do it. Another company propositioned it, right? So we're in this weird world of like people making. 
these weird side hustles out of uh, out of like miniature hobbying. So I think it's an interesting thing. Like there's uh, companies yeah. that are doing like painting painting tutorials that you pay for now. And I'd be curious of the um, of what the origin of the origin is. I mean, I mean, we're just on the back end of it, and here's a proposal or not a proposal. Here's here's an offer for you to consider. Sure. Um, and not ha- not having been a part of the discussion as to why. They decided to come out with this. It's, I mean, it's difficult to, to say one way. I mean, I, I've been on the other side of that conversation enough from from other companies. Obviously, I have no idea the, the way that Warlord is handling it. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've seen the backside of it. I, didn't, I would place bets that if you actually read the fine, fine print, you'd see most of the stuff that would make sense as to like who the company is and what they're... I'm guessing it's a company that does it for other people, too. It's one of those, like, you know... Uh, for instance, my con- my contractor that's working on my house right now, he offers me financing. It's not his financing. It's another company that offers him financing. Sure. Right? So and they do it for different industries across the country. You know, so there's these little companies that do just offer credit in different weird, like, niches. Kind of like when I got my new furnace and AC installed. That right. Was financed it, it, through a program that they, the bank specifically tailors to the company doing installs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. That mine did the same thing. So it's like you have, there, there's just a, somebody finally got into the world, into the business world that was a miniature gamer and be like, hey, you know what? We should do this because somebody's models are really expensive. And I won't say the name. So um, and maybe this is their, <laughs> this, this is their introduction into it. I, or maybe Warlord models are going to start to get more expensive. That you need oh, to use please that. Please don't. Please don't. They, they need to. <laughs> they need to stay relatively inexpensive. I think that's one of the that's one of the side effects yeah, that we can talk to people points. about. Good, good starting kits and the, the build your army stuff is awesome. Now, I will say, if they ever release a kit that compared to that other company's game system, like as far as model quality, I guess I would probably pay that for it. It'd be freaking amazing if you know. All your infantry looked as cool as you know some Age of Sigmar dudes. I think they'd have to scale them up a little bit to get that kind of detail, though. Yeah, for sure, they would definitely have to scale up a little mm-hmm. bit, and they would become even more heroic than they are. But mm-hmm. it would be it'd be cool. It is. It is also interesting to note that if you do contact Warlord directly, they will work with you to build your own custom starter stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're and then you cool. should be a price break a price break on it too. I know I've seen a couple of posts about that. I yeah, I saw that on Facebook recently too. I, I was like, oh, that's kind of they used to have a lot more starter armies on their website, and I think when they changed over the new system, they kind of lost some of that. And if yeah. you're not getting any headway, uh, drop Paul Walker a line on Facebook, and he'll get you he'll get you set up. Good man. He's right. got to do something in Bermuda. Aloha. <laughs> he's got to he's got to earn his keep. I, so to speak. I don't know what, keep what is what is he the ambassador of warlord? Uh, ambassador Bolte? of warlord, yes. Warlord, yeah. Sounds like an awful title. I'm sure it's <laughs> beautiful like down there in quarantine. Sounds like he got paid in title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he gets to live where he wants to. I mean, he's in, in the middle of where is he? Aruba. He's in Bermuda. 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 Bahamas. Bermuda. Come on, pretty mama. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's he's in the Bahamas. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. in Bermuda. That's where his that's where his wife moved him to because her job went there. So does, if he goes to the south, forty-five, forty-four, yeah. something. If he goes to the south part of the island, is he in the Bermuda Triangle then? Probably. That's scary. I wouldn't bring a watch there. Yeah, right. I wouldn't go anywhere near the south the side GPS of the island. GPS probably doesn't work great. <laughs> well, we know he doesn't have much for internet. So, all right. Uh, so, since our last episode, we had an FAQ drop. So why don't we go through that? Because I think 
It's already been, you know, ad nauseum on Facebook. So if you want to mm-hmm. skip our episode, you can go read about it on Facebook. Uh, there's some stuff in there. But right? there's a lot of people who are really interested in our takes on it, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's a good thing. And all the other Bolt Action podcasts, I'm sure, will have this as a topic in their upcoming episode if they're not if, out If they, as I say, might already be out. They might beat us to the punch on this one, which is by all that's which is fine. No big yeah, deal, we don't always get the scoop. It was really yeah, funny because uh, I was texting John uh, the day before this dropped, and I said, "Hey, John, I kind of feel like we're you know we're overdue for an FAQ." He's like, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and ask something uh, at the you know at the the HQ." Next morning, it dropped. So yeah. well, clearly he asked somebody and someone's like, oh, hey, yeah, it's over here in this folder. Did that not go out? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's my guess. Anyway, I don't know if that's the truth, <clears throat> but the timing seemed suspect that, you know, like, hey, John, he's like, I'll ask. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. We just got to make sure that we keep probing when we want, when we want info. Just it's like, what? What? Huh? 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 What? Uh, okay. Anyway, should we should we leave the big one or the or leave it for the end? Because I was well, even that big, I guess. But let's take them in the order in which they are. All right. Where's where are we starting? What what do we got new this time, Pat? Spotters. Oh yeah, we knew this was coming because we've been asking about it. Because we talked about it. Yeah. And we actually over a course of two different episodes we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I was adamant that they were infantry and therefore could. Uh, Take objectives, and now it says uh, that you were wrong. Seventy-one. The following sentence will be added to the end of the entry. Note that spotters are always ignored for the purpose of victory conditions. Uh, Ig, which I've always seen as Ie, but the British, whatever. Uh, they cannot capture control. Example gratis. What is it? It's uh, not. Sorry, Latin. Latin. It's Latin. Okay. It means here's an example. Right. Which is often referred to as Ie, which is what. An example? Yes. So they cannot capture, control, or hold objectives and areas off the table, uh, move out of the table to score the points, etc. So they are no longer scoring for you. End game, last dice maneuvers. I wish I had a sad trombone button on my mixer here for you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I expected. I guess okay that's what I expected. This. I think I'm okay with it too. Does it say they don't contest too? It does not. It just says oh. they cannot hold. They Capture, control, or hold objectives. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, but neither can a tank, but it can still contest. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say they don't contest, so I'm assuming they can contest. Okay. Would... Still, uh, a see, thing. I'm. I don't know that I agree with that because, <laughs> and that's well, fine. I'm, I'm like I said, I was an assumption on my part. Right. Yeah. So the right. vehicle, it, it actually explicitly says that they can't con- control, but may uh, contest. But may contest. Can't control hold, but may contest. So, um, huh? That's probably mm. something that we would want to clarify in our tournament pack. So FAQ because like next uh, yeah, Jeff. There's no reason why you're invalid. I mean, it's just we had different assumptions, and they have right. to be completely opposite. So, well, that, yeah. That's the beauty of us, right? Oh, it's literally, I would assume well, since they made that change there, they, if they didn't want them to contest, they would have said so, but that read, obviously read, is an assumption. Read the so. first sentence yeah. again, Pat. Scroll back up. Uh, note that spotters are always ignored for the purposes of victory conditions. Mm, that, that tells me they do not contest. 
That per, that personally, that sentence tells me they don't contest. The, the ignored portion. Right. Yes. They're ignored for purposes of victory conditions. Then that would tell me that they don't. They can't even. It definitely them. bolsters the argument that they can't yeah. contest. Yeah, I mean, I could see it either way still because they don't say they can't contest, but mm-hmm. especially when they go down the line of things that they can't do already, but they don't say anything about contesting. I don't yeah. know. Interesting. Yeah, I would agree with you, Dale. That, that yeah, and you too, Rick. That that that, that the ignore part could be means clear. You just they're not they're not counted in the table when you're looking. At so the is this a good change? Do we care? That's a good I think change. It's, I think it's a good change. I don't think I don't think spotters should be that qual like that quality I spent for ten points. Two episodes convincing you guys they were infantry and they did it, and I lost that in like one mighty sentence. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't talk on a <laughs> podcast anymore, Pat. Well, right? there you exactly. go. <laughs> No, it's a good, I think it's a good idea because otherwise it feels like you're getting a second unit for one order dice for free. Right. Uh, side it, note: Snafu is now looking for a fourth host. It, um, <laughs> I mean, it does. It does make those ten points for a spotter, you know, more worthwhile and they're more valuable. And I, I'm always in favor of new, fun little tricks and options and more tools in the toolbox. So, I'm, it makes me a little sad, but I'm. Yeah, it does certainly make well, sense. We got other ones that are coming up that'll make you happy, so don't worry. Uh, Brad will take your spot. Don't pro- no problem, Pat. Don't worry about it. I'm sure. There was no laughs there. Sorry. Okay, Pat, you're still you're still on you're still on the team, dude. <laughs> Thanks. I was just practicing not being here. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. Oh shit! Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Um, I'm going to notice because I don't have the FAQ open, so I need, oh. you, I need you to tell me what oh, the next okay. thing is on the fact. All right. Well, the <laughs> next thing is the uh, errata to the the yeah the errata to the armies of Germany. Um, they've they've uh, yes. done another Tiger Fear update. So right. this is now, a positive. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this for a couple minutes. All enemy units that are within 18 inches of and have line of sight to one or more vehicles with the Tiger Fear special rule. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Uh, uh, suffer from Tiger Fear, note that the 18-inch range is measured after, all in caps, you have declared which order you have given to that unit suffering from blah, 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 Tiger Fear. Better. 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 So they increased the range, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. it was twelve before. It was twelve. It was twelve. And they've changed the pre-measure. They've gotten rid of the pre-measure. I think this is a huge, a huge win. It's still obviously not a what it was, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, I still go back to, and we'll probably talk about this later on. The fact that what Dale had mentioned in very early snafu is that having a special rule that forces a negative on an opponent is not great. Oh, I agree with that, but I, I'm just taking what we have and yes. running with it, right? <laughs> like it makes it makes Tiger Fear units viable to some degree. I still think it's well. I did not light my Panzer IV on fire after the last epic. Well, came I, out, so I surely hope that. you don't. That would be dumb. Don't don't ever light your models on fire because it's still worth playing with it once in a you know. I mean, if it's a 3D friendly printing. game and shit, like. You won't even yeah. get the benefit of being a meme because some guy already did that, so he's the right. Meme, yeah, so. right. Yeah, dark, so don't do think that. Dark elf lose, lose. player. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's not worth it. Don't do it. Don't don't be one of those idiots on YouTube. Uh, There's so, plenty yeah. of them out there. There's no reason you have to be one. Right. Yes. Do something. Well, no, stupid, just be like, a new kind of idiot. Don't right. Be, yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. be an, an, don't be a, a non-original idiot. Yeah. Don't be a copycat. <laughs> do something different. I like like running them like they're Legos. 
barefoot. <laughs> oh God! Ow! <laughs> All right, Having so then Legos. I guess yeah. Rick's no longer in the S and M closet. <laughs> Dude, I was never in the closet. <laughs> what do you think I'm putting my basement together for? Uh, anyway, all right. Um, okay, what's the next one, Pat? That was. I mean, that's. I to go back to it. I think that's a positive change. Obviously, net positive well, for German players. Let's. Um, let's. I mean, Jeff is the last one to play. Um, what do you think? Is it is it worth a? Jesus, Siri or Alexa? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> um, Jeff, uh, is this does this make Panzers worth it in your opinion? Uh, it makes them. I I still don't like the change to Tiger Fear as a rule. I would have much preferred it been replaced. But if they're going to change Tiger Fear to something like this, this makes it much better than the the initial change. So this is a positive after a massive negative. Okay. Sure. It's still not as good as other countries' rules, but it's much better than the initial fact made it. So, it swings it back to not ass, but still sweaty balls. Uh, kind of, yeah. More yeah. taint, less ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Jeez. it's still better because there's still going to be that question. You know, there's no pre-measure. I'm glad they got rid of that, right? Right. You have to do the order first. You do the order first, then you get to measure. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you're going to find out what that 18 inches is and based off of a good gamer having to do it once early in the turn. You know, well, I mean, and Of course, I guess you would do that either way. But I, And in all honesty, you just have to move a different unit and measure another range and you probably have it down or right. you're a good player and you already know right. that's it's, roughly it's, 18 it's inches better. or whatever. Sure, yeah. certainly better. Yeah, it's certainly there's better, an advantage though. to being able to, to to scope just from eyesight level of you know what those what that ranges is. That's the sure. advantage that's given to a player who's used to seeing stuff like that. Which which is good. That's what the pre measure was a problem of, right? Yes, like we did disliked pre measuring anything ever for any reason. Mm-hmm. Well, Twelve yeah. inches is very important because that's how far you can assault. I mean, yes, so. eighteen yes. inches makes yeah. this significantly better. Yeah. Yes, everything yeah, about it's. Yeah, I, I need to make clear that this is a very positive change. This makes the Tiger Fear rule better. Um, is it good enough I would take Tiger Fear tanks again? Eh. The Panzer IV? I'd still take a Panzer IV. I think that's... Maybe. I still I, think they should have made the, the... You have to have the the, the skirts on the Panzer IV to get the Tiger Fear. Sure, yeah, Scherzen. That'd be, yeah. I'd be fine with that. I don't... I, lots of things would make it better than what it is, and I, I'm fine with whatever, but... Yep. Right. Anyway, cool. So that one's out of the bag. We let that tiger out again. People uh, might start bringing tigers again. I could see it again. I don't know. You yeah. guys will have to let us know if you start seeing them at tournaments because we don't have tournaments here. Right. Uh, so what's next? Uh, so then they have some some updates to the British book. Uh, the Polston gun got this platform added. Uh, they did some some updates to some of the theater selectors. Uh, the Wolverine had its points changed. To do you lose it adamant, adamantium bones, or yes, what? you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, but you you gain the prostate exam. So, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so just just some housekeeping stuff in the British book. Uh, they they did not change the massive weird typo in the Wasp flamethrower. Uh, we talked about this the last time look at episode uh, FACU. Uh, you're going to have to remind me because that episode was 
all Tiger Fear rage, so I blinded myself from that. All right, so this one is the uh, it's got the it's got the it's the wasp the flamethrower. It's got the small flamethrower thing, and basically they it came down to oh, that sure. the flamethrower doesn't work if you actually read it. Rules is written because they copied it from version one. It didn't change it, and they didn't update it again in this one to say what they meant. It's supposed to say. <laughs> it's like really okay. Whoops. So. Uh, large vehicles, so the ranged weapon is limited to 12 inches, and the number of shots is always reduced by 1. Even though the flame vehicle is D6 plus 1, but now they're saying this one is just a D6 minus 1, so you could literally not fire. It's rules just one shot. Not, yeah. not rules as intended, but that's... Right, because that's caught wounds. that one. Yeah, whoops. Well, well. So, uh, or yeah. maybe we've just been playing flamethrowers wrong. Well, see, I have a I have a wasp flamethrower model that's painted, and I would love to put it on the table, but they keep thinking the rules the wrong way, and I'm like, well, as written, that's kind of garbage because I could literally shoot it, and it could not actually fire, and then it could run out of fuel. Yeah. So, thanks. Welcome to flamethrowers in general, though. Like, oh uh, yeah, I guess, but I think the wasp is 130 some points. So yeah, I'd rather just have a dude. Sorry, 100, 100 points regular. Okay. So, anyway, uh, so that was a miss. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, in the Soviet Union book, now all light anti-tank artillery units have three crewmen. There That's were some that had two before. Good for okay. consistency. Yep. Right? I mean, not earth-shaking, but someone actually, unlike the Wasp, actually looked and read and go, Hey, we actually missed this one. We should say something about it. <laughs> Please address the wasp for the next one. Thank you. Uh, what else did they do? Uh, do you know, not a lot of earth-shaking stuff until they get to the FAQ. Yeah, I was going to say the FAQs are where where I remember some people getting upset. Or, well, I don't know upset, but so, and we introducing new tactics. We, we, we talked this in previous episodes where they, uh, the cohe- unit cohesion. Yes. Mm. So it is, in fact, so if you have, let's say, I'll read it for you. Let's say that a unit has lost a model as a casualty by choice or because of exceptional damage. Uh, so if that's no longer in formation, i.e. there's a gap of one inch between two parts of the same unit, when it's next activated, does the unit have to be ordered to run or advance in order to move back into formation? The answer is yes. And we okay. knew that was coming. Well, we didn't know that how they were going to rule it, but we right. did ask that, like, they clarify that because we were. I know we had discussion both ways, saying like, "Well, no, the the next time they act doesn't mean they have to run or advance. They could stay put and fire or whatever. Go down, and that would, yeah, go down or whatever, and that would not constitute them having to have re, re uh, Recombobulated or whatever. You want to call so now, it. yes, a unit uh, that is activated when it's not in formation must either advance or run back into formation. If it fails the order test, it goes down. It must retry again the next time it's activated. So the really dirty part is that it's not. I've got a unit unit out of formation. Oh, it's your order dice. Oh, you have to move that unit back into formation. That'd have been the worst part. Yeah. So they if, th- thankfully they did not make it so that the next dice you have to pull is right. that that unit. Mm-hmm. That would have been way bad. Yeah, if you could pull a couple units out of cohesion, then all of a sudden you basically are dictating how they activate their units yep. too. That's brutal. Which like, they didn't go that they didn't go that harsh. Which I'm I'm grateful for that. But at yes. least I think this is I I personally agree with the way they ruled this is that 
the next time they're activated, they have to get back into cohesion, which means they have to advance. Like, there's no way around it. Yep. Or attempt to advance. Excuse and it, me. You can't it's, get um, it explicitly says the next time that they are activated, right? Yep. Which mm-hmm. means yes, that they still the have that the... Is activated. They still have the option to go down as a reaction if mm-hmm. they haven't activated yes, yet. Yes, if, if they yep. need to for purposes of, yeah, whatever yep. shooting is coming their way. So that was, that's a nice clarification because it's, you know, as we had talked about in previous episodes, that that, the, the, that small little paragraph, the very beginning of the book, which most people skim over because it talks about using tape measure and D6s, is, is where this is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's often overlooked. And I so think those that people skip the first part and no one else will reads the appendix, but that's fine. Who reads the book? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you do, Pat. I'm just saying everyone else that doesn't. I know. So uh, that one got a lot of discussion on Facebook, and I think a lot of people were caught by surprise by the strategies around that because yep. I think we were all we we knew we knew them. We had talked about them. I don't know if we ever talked about them on the podcast directly. We talked about, about this quite a bit in our WTC prep, actually. Right? Yeah, we were yep. trying to figure out if this was actually a thing or not, and whether or not we'd be able to utilize it. And I thought we we thought we could. Obviously, now with the fact dropping, we definitely could. Yeah, we were debating whether or not to bring up. This is part of the rules discussion in in our in our captains chat back mm-hmm. and forth, um, and so because we felt that it was pretty clear you had to the next time you activated you would have to do something, which is really powerful if you're running snipers and mm-hmm. and you catch somebody out to force them with you know coherency. So we had talked quite a bit about this. I, re- I recall. Yeah, that. and I and I remember like maybe we didn't want to open Pandora's box because we didn't want everyone else to think about this and. They have it go both ways. Yeah, chances are though that it, you know, it fairly we're not, we weren't the happened. only ones. I'm sure but most folks on the no, definitely. I, I definitely know that the British team was was in talking about this as well because they all chimed in on the uh, Facebook regarding this particular change. So mm-hmm. good change. Yeah, I, I think it just clarified something that was needed to be clarified. I think this is exactly what FAQ should be good for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Uh, uh, any other big ones? Any bombs, Pat? Uh, do, you want, do you want the big ones, or you want just what they are? You, you, I, like, I like big bombs. I, I like... I cannot lie. Alright, so let's go with... Um, so, this was this was ours. Uh-oh. Uh, the chart on page 47 indicates that an infantry unit cannot be given a run order while in rough ground. However, on page 77, if a player wishes a unit to engage an enemy at close quarters, it must be given a run order... And the player must also declare the unit is making an assault. So it seems that an infantry unit in rough ground cannot perform a charge action. Is that right? A unit that starts in rough ground can assault. It counts as a run, but it's only up to six inches as described in assaulting through terrain on page 79 of the rulebook. Okay. This one's ours, guys. Yep. Yeah. 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 We're famous. Yay, we, we spent like 45 minutes talking about it on a podcast, and they gave us <laughs> three lines in a fucking PDF, so go go figure. Uh, yay, we kind of saw that coming, because I'm pretty sure someone told us, like, yeah, of course yeah. they can, you idiots. Yeah, well, that was, well, and then, of course, you pointed out that, well, yes, we understand that, but that's not what it says. Right. And that was one of those episodes that we had, a like in this one, we'll have a gap between sessions and we got an answer in between those two sessions so we right. got to ask mm-hmm. our question at the end of the half of the episode and we got the answer at the end which is and now it's official yeah and i think this one also came out of our wtc prep 
you know, because probably, probably. when, I mean, we're, anytime you get together um, to play with people you haven't played before in kind of a competitive setting, the only thing besides the tournament pack you had to go on are the actual rules of the game. And the last thing you want to be in a situation where you're, you're caught out because you missed something or you have a different interpretation or understanding. And so we were really digging into into that and we're like, well, that's not what it says exactly. Even though yeah. we're all like, well, of, surely surely you can assault. In that Don't situation. call me Shirley. <laughs> I, I, I do remember like diving through that through the rule book pretty deep. I even padded mine and highlighted a bunch of crap, and I think that was one of the things I highlighted. I was like, "This doesn't seem right," but all right, I'm gonna. I, this there's something here. Yeah, and I well, remember I the mean, episode. Dale's like, "You know what? That's exactly what it says. If someone tries to do that, I'm gonna say no. The the, the rule says you can't give them a run order you know, when uh, you're in rough." And round. it's and it's one of those things where had had it been rules as written, you could have used rough ground as a barrier and protected yourself from being. From being charged, and and sometimes all you need is that one extra turn of retreat or whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, in those really tight games where, you know, one dice makes a difference, and again, it just comes down to, well, anyways, that's all. Yeah. No, there's lots. There's lots of different ways you could have used it, but I'm, I'm glad they made the change you did. This is yes. the right choice. There's no doubt about it. Um, thanks for clearing it up. Good change. Yep. So you know, and you know. We'll, we'll find out in a few moments here, but not all FAQs are correct. Um, we'll move on anyway. Uh, they also do specify that a tow counts as a transport as far as uh, proximity to enemy units. So, yeah, I don't know why you didn't think it wasn't, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, the, duh. But I, I and then uh, if a transport vehicle is destroyed, it suffers 2d6 hits, does it use the pen of the weapon that destroyed it? No. No, yeah. No, no. they're just... Just they're take a bunch of hit, hits. But they're not being hit by the weapon. They're being hit by the vehicle blowing up, which maybe mm-hmm. should have its own pen value, but doesn't say that. <laughs> I don't know. Blowing up vehicles seem like they hurt more than bullets. I, I'm not sure. I haven't been in one. Don't plan to. Yeah, me neither, but right. I, I, it doesn't say that. I, I don't know why anyone would assume that. But uh, They yeah. also talk about mm-hmm. uh, if you have um, mixed hits between normal and exceptional damage, which one do you do first? And they say, what do they say? They say exceptional first? Yeah, exceptional damage are removed first, and then normal casualties. Who are these gamey people that need to have that spelled out for them? It's us. Yeah, us? It's, it's us, isn't it? Okay, fine. Because I'm sure that there is some scenario where that actually matters, but why would that even matter? Why does that matter? And then they repeated the uh, the vehicle damage again. It's literally the same question got duplicated. Okay, I like that one. But my brain is still Did trying they to rule figure it out differently. Why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. Answered it both ways and forgot them. Would have been really funny. No. Yes. Wow. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yes, of course it does. What? Huh? What? No. Uh, and then here's here's the one that made sense for me, and this wasn't my question, but I've ruled this on a couple of our uh, Operation Snafu is that do generic units that can be taken by several armies get the army special rules? Uh, in particular, they're talking about. Um, the irregular natives that are in uh, Empire and Flames, I think it is. And they simply said, for simplicity's sake, we all generic units, like native irregulars, do not get any army special rules. Because honestly, you could take them, get their rules, and your army's natural rules for lower cost than you could get them from your own army. And that would just be wrong. Stupid. Mm-hmm. 
okay. So I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, negative, reg- negative irregulars and empire and flames ne- negative have their own yes. negative neg- negative native native yeah <laughs> negative is not the right word <laughs> native irregulars uh, they have a special rule in there I think they I think they ignore rough ground for their first move or something like that sure okay and then you tack on and they're still the exact exact same cost as a regular infantryman right and you tack on their army special rules to them it's like so British, what? right? Yeah, we're talking yeah. British special rules on top of another special rule already. Yes, I, I can see how you can start m- m- making it problematic, but yeah, I okay. So I'm just trying to think of it as simplistic sake of like your entire army just has the same special rules versus how complex that could become if you have special weird units in your game. I'd, but you know what, and and. Well, maybe, maybe there's not enough of that. I don't. I don't think there's enough of that to even be that concerned. I guess, but there's like, there's like three or four. Yeah, units. there's not many, and I've not, I don't think I've seen many of them in any lists we've ever come across. I've rejected a couple. Oh, okay. So also, I would have seen uh, them at that point, I think I mentioned last podcast that I'm still working through, and I've got two books left of all of the units mentioned in all the campaign books and theater books, and uh, ironing them out for a competitive play and our our own personal snafu allotment or allowance and these are exactly the way I would have ruled them is that yes you can take them but no they're not going to get their, your army special rules that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah I mean is, don't, don't Maori have that too uh, Maori are actually part of the Indian army which is its own army list oh someone Facebooked us we're not pronouncing that correctly so thanks oh, to really? whoever let us know I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Maori Maori, Maori. Yeah. Maori. Yeah, okay right. Sorry. That's okay. We mispronounce stuff that we misspell stuff too, but Yeah, I, those are the last guys I want to piss off though. They're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're not yeah, like actual Gurkhas, they're Gurkha light. Yeah, we don't we Close don't um, we don't want to piss anybody off and you know, but they're, I think they're last on my list. Maori just sounds super cool. <laughs> Maori does sound super cool. So anyways, it's Maori. Maori Maori does not sound as cool, but they're still cool. Don't get me wrong, they're still cool. Like just don't come don't come visiting me, please. All right. All right. So then we've got can recce vehicles escape from uh, units targeting them with indirect fire? Yeah, they can. Can they? They can. I thought they could not run away from indirect fire. They cannot run away from um, artillery strikes or airstrikes. Oh, okay. I was always under the impression that a, an indirect fire they couldn't run away Which, from. Which, oddly enough, though, you, a unit can still go down against those particular things. Oh, is that what I'm thinking? Is no, you can still go down against indirect fire too. Yes, you can go down against indirect fire. You yeah. can go down against an artillery strike. You can go down against an airstrike, and hmm. you can apparently recce away from indirect fire. So there's a thing that I didn't know. You can't recce away from artillery or airstrikes. Sucks to be them then. Well, those they they describe them as they're not targeting a unit; they're targeting an area. Sure. Huh. Yeah. Whereas the indirect fire is targeting a unit. Hmm. Okay. So, and then they follow it up with, if an indirect fire, like a mortar, is firing at a recce vehicle approximately 15 inches away, probably happened in the game, I'm sure, uh, the vehicle is allowed to make a recce within the minimum range, so it automatically misses. No, an escape move can never be used to move closer to the attacker. 
Well, that's now, a big change. Controversy. Which straight up contradicts the rules as written in another part of the book. Yes. Uh, no, it contradicts the FAQ previous, but not the rules as written in the actual rule book. So if you go to page, I want to say it's 119. And my PDF is locked up on me. All right, I'm going to go get my book. Hang on. I almost had this set up. But if you look at the recce rule, it actually says in like the third or fourth sentence of the recce rule that you are not allowed to move closer to the attacking unit in the rules as written in the, in the book. So where does it say that? What, what does it say specifically in the book? All right, let's see. So uh, advance or run order. Attacker can also not be used to assault. Um, Maybe forward or reverse as long as it results in the escaping vehicle ending out of line of sight of the attacking enemy or in cover from the attack or at least further away from the attacker than when the attack is declared. In other words, this move cannot be used to move closer to the attacker. Well, that seems pretty cut and dried in the book. Yep. So, and the reason why that got all skewered and everyone got all angry about it, because a couple pages later was an old FAQ that said, with an escape move, can I legally move, legally move close, move into cover or behind the line of sight breaking obstacle if the building or location is closer? And they said yes. Have they taken that question out? Yeah, as I say, did they still, take that it's out? It's still in there. <laughs> so, this is one of those, does the new FAQ cancel the old FAQ, or what's well, going on with that? usually how I would... That's how I view it, it as well. Mm. So, what, I'm, I'm sorry, what's the new one again? So they, Basically, they're saying you're allowed to move inside that minimum range of a mortar shot, yeah. so it automatically misses. And they're saying, no, you can't do that because the escape move can never be used to move closer to the attacker. Which reinforces what is the rule in the book. Yep. Right. Except the FAQ says that you can. Yeah, the well, what is that question? Is it still printed in this FAQ. FAQ? Is it still printed in this FAQ? It is. It is. Where's so that? what does that say specifically? Is there no, a contingent on it being moved out of line of sight or whatever the case may be? All right, so all right, with an escape move, can I legally move into cover or behind a line of sight breaking obstacle, such as a building, if that location is closer to the attacking enemy before uh, than where I began? Or am I required to move into cover that is also further away from the attacking enemy? You can move, the answer, you can move closer to the attacking enemy if that is in order to get out of sight or behind cover. You're not allowed to move closer to the attacking enemy while staying in the open. So, okay, read the second sentence. Well, say while staying in the open. Staying in the open is the hard part there because it doesn't... Yeah. From the way that that sounds, it sounds like you may if you can get into cover or can become hidden. <clears throat> yeah, but the new fact question is very definite on not moving yes. closer. Yeah, yes. that's... I'm, um, 
we need a fact for the fact, right? What the fact? You gotta fact your fact. Yep. We're back to where we were. Fact okay. Fact the fact. Well, throw both those out and read it out of the rule book, and there's no question. Right. You can't move closer. Yeah. Which doesn't. It, which is kind of odd for the for the purposes or the example of a mortar because you would. It would be beneficial if you could run out of range, and that's like, oh, you just missed the shot. But uh, I guess I don't. It's odd. Okay. Fun. So that's the last. The other one's just about if you have really dumb lists and you get stuck with them being last left on the table. Well, let me. So if you've got on. slow to load stuff, but you want some Dale? Yeah, let's go back. Oh. Um, because we we had this come up in a game. Uh, I was playing Jesse. And um, I indirect fired onto a vehicle that he wreckied away with. Um, so I, I announced the shot. He wreckies um, and moved on the road like 24 inches away. Um, but he um, wasn't out of line of sight because my spotter was on the other side of the board and could still see him. And sure. then I fired and I hit him because <laughs> I rolled a six. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. And so even though he wreckied... Um, from his original position, I, I still hit him because I rolled a six, and he was like twenty four inches away. Okay. So, um, well, well, that sounds like what, perfectly acceptable answer to me. Yeah. What was the question in there? Well, <laughs> it's just—I mean, we're talking thematically. If yeah, if you're wrecking away from an indirect mortar fire shot to 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 get out of where it's going to hit, he you know he did that and ended up just Dude. running right into the line of fire of it. So I mean, Clear, it's just—it was kind clearly. of. Um, it sounds like a wily e. coyote moment. It was definitely yeah. a wily e. coyote. Yeah, you had like so. he had a magnet attached to it and it was dragging the mortar with him. Yeah, or you're just superior firepower and you knew that he was gonna wreck you that far back and you shot him, you know. You're just anticipating the what is it, leading leading the passer, is that what it's called? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> so I mean Ooh. I was just thinking about oh, it just you hear it coming in and you bail out as quick as you can and it just Anyways, yep. So. Well, cost you anyways. Yeah. So it happens when you stay in the stay out in the open, or you properly place your spotters. Apparently, yeah, right. Good I job. hadn't anticipated that outcome. I was just lucky. So, but that seems to be your mo. Sometimes you get some lucky rolls, and better that's lucky all it takes good. Sometimes, yeah, one hundred percent. Well, put yourself in a lucky position every time. That you know, it works out for your favor. Yeah, it's, it's funny. So it, it, it's a it's a life philosophy for me as well. If you chain a bunch of good decisions together, you're more likely to have a, a good outcome than a bad one. Right, right. So and you approach totally. the, the same way with the game. You know, if you're making a lot of good choices in the game, then you just find that you know it's just that's just how it works. Success begets success. So. That's we should start a podcast about that. That's deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this podcast is a good example. We started out and we didn't know what we were talking about, and we're terrible. But slowly, we kind of built on it, and now we're terrible. Kind of know us, and well, no, and now you know we've got inroads to um, to Warlord. We've been on other podcasts now, and people are kind of coming to us, and and so it's just you we know, get our questions answered in the fact. And more yeah, success right? gloms onto it, so it's just sure. it's a weird it's a weird natural. Law. It's not necessarily fair because I'm sure there are plenty of other folks that are more insightful and better at the game than we are, and they probably deserve the attention that we're getting. But it's just one of those weird natural <laughs> law things. So, anyways, that's that's no, a I, philosophical I, I get it. discussion. Yeah, so. no, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, to be fair, we got an FAQ answered on our behalf. 
I think we, you know, we might have gotten some chuckles out of someone on their side because they're like, no, why, why would it ever be that way? And we agree, but it's, that's not what it's at. So, right. So, cool. Snafu way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go on. Let's move on to the next thing, which is. This is V2 suggestions, but I'm guessing... Do you want to skip the, the Armies of Germany FAQ? Uh, is there anything... Oh, let's, yeah, let's talk about it. That's fine. Let's do it. All what right, else so is this, this is in reference to one-shot weapons, uh, particularly the one-shot flamethrower. Yeah, who takes that thing? I guess uh, you get two uh, of them. Yeah, did, you you not, did you not listen to the podcast I guest starred on? We talked about how great these were. <laughs> they, they are good. I'm not saying they're not. I just kind All of right, don't see them yours. Do you have the yeah. FAQ open? <clears throat> I do, in fact, yeah. Okay. Go for it. Okay, so we have two questions about the interaction of one-shot weapons and the flamethrower rule. One, can you confirm if single-shot flamethrower models are removed once they have shot? And two, if the answer to the above is yes, and I choose not to shoot both flamethrowers at the same turn, what happens then? If only one shoots and is removed, does the surviving model have to test morale because half the num- of the unit was destroyed? Answer. If only one flamethrower is, is fired, the one-shot weapon rule tells us to replace the model with an unarmed model. When the second flamethrower fires, the team has no more flamethrowers, so the flamethrower rule tells us the entire team is removed. That's a weird way of answering that question, but if that's what they <laughs> want to go with, go for it. I, I guess. Yeah. Okay, great. That's... Okay. All right. Cool. Sure. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I didn't realize that's what the team rule told us. Yeah, I didn't either. But <laughs> I, I, the, the first sentence soup like contradicts the second sentence because it's like you just replaced the flamethrower with a normal dude. Well, then right. the second one do the same thing. Like, why does? But then you'd, why does but it then have, you'd have, to have two have unarmed dudes. They'd have two. Yeah, you'd have two guys with no weapons, and they well, did answer f- that uh, a model with no weapon has no weapon. Yeah, sure. it doesn't okay. automatically have a pistol, which made right. me sad. Right, yeah, it's actually sad. early on in the rule book they kind of said that, oh, if the model doesn't really have one, we just assume they have a pistol in their pocket or something. But that's different than having an Is it just a pistol in their model. pocket? Right, yeah, well, or they're happy to see you. That's different than having <laughs> just in the in the the army list of saying this guy's unarmed versus saying this guy's right, model right, that's right. depicted. It, they they clear, clearly dictated that he'd be unarmed. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, oh, okay. I, I can see the value in them because you can shoot twice in one shot if you really wanted to. Make sure you hit when you the one time you get a chance you really to fire. Really want to fire, yeah, yeah. Kind of an interesting choice. So and they did some other cleanup on some of the books. Uh, they didn't do anything that I care about in the Western Desert. <laughs> what does that mean? They didn't do anything at all. Well, the, the Shirts and Squads are still there. I don't know. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then uh, apparently there is a dramatic mess up on the uh, Kendall version of the Stalingrad book that they had to dedicate an entire page to correcting. Just the Kindle version? Yes. Whoops. That's interesting. You'd think they wouldn't have a specific version for the Kindle, huh? So apparently no. some, apparently, there's a publisher mix-up in which got sent to where to do what or something, but... Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Okay. I, I'm guessing. That's the only way that that makes any sense to me. So the you know whoever distributed it got for whoever got sent the version for the Kindle. It was probably an older version of the of the Stalingrad. Could bit, have been. So. potentially. Okay. It just, it's an interesting world. The that EPUB world is kind of a bizarre oh, okay. mix of stuff, 
and everyone, of course, every platform has its own like version weird, of it. Yeah, like weird nuanced things you're supposed to know about it. Yeah, so, like, there's obviously people are experts and Kendall in Kendall. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's not like a dedicated single platform. It's a bunch of platforms, and they're all unique in their own way. And you got to have somebody that can publish in them. You know, like that knows them, and somebody probably just accidentally sent somebody the wrong PDF, and they obviously can't. I, I think that'd be very difficult to proofread all of those versions. You just assume that they're all the same. Mm-hmm. Oops. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the thing. So read that if you have a Kindle. FYI. Oh, I suppose it would probably update itself, though, wouldn't it? I don't own I don't a Kindle, so, so I don't know. No, no they, does, they does don't, yours? No. Yours does, though, Pat. Right? No, it's it's whatever version at the time you downloaded it. Oh, they don't. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't add you, your radars or FAQs. It doesn't tell you there's an update, but if you have it. So the Kindle, I think you can have in like six different electronic devices. Sure. Without having to purchase it again. Sure. And then every time you download it, it's the most current at the time of download on your on that device. Got it. Okay. So so someone does electronically update the actual bolt action rulebook. You would have to you would have to delete it on your right. like your computer one and then re-download it. Right, right. Well, I'm just saying one. that it exists in the world like. Someone has made a new electronic file that incorporates all of these erratas and FAQs. That's my understanding. Okay. So someone somewhat does republish it every time. Well, of course not, obviously. But it's the assumption is that I would be able to download the new... the Redownload the thing that I've already purchased in the past and be able to get the, the, the errated ruling in it. Mm-hmm. That would make nice sense, so that's probably not sense. the case. Uh, I am almost possible. certain that that's not the case. So. Yeah, that's disappointing. All right. Anyway, you could just download the fact and errata and have it in the same, in the same remember, spot. Remember when Games Workshop would produce them in such a way that you could cut them out and like paste them into your book? Yes. Yep. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, that was. That, I mean, it's handy, right? You just like override the well, override that's, the space. That tells you it. how long we've been around. So. Hey, speaking of which, uh oh, uh oh. No, that rolls us into our next topic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to have a version 2.5 with all these erratas in it, because quite frankly, my rule book is almost literally falling apart. Yeah. I was going to say, Pat, you probably actually paste these things into your rule book. I do, do you... not, but I do oh, highlight okay. the sections that get that do have uh, erratas or FAQs to them. Okay. All right. Do you have a special color for those? Green. Green. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, uh, that would be awesome. Okay, if we're... I don't want to see them drop a 2.5 and then drop a 3 on us next year if that's what they're going to do. But that ain't going to um, happen. I, I know that's not going to happen. So, I, I mean, yes, a 2.5 would be great with all of these rules changes. But make sure you get them all right first. Like, <laughs> Change the wasp, please. <laughs> Correct it to I, what I, you mean I, to say, not what you said. I honestly would love to see yeah. them remove all army lists from the rule book. I just I think that's a, that's a recipe for something. I don't know if it's a disaster, but it's just remove the rule. Just remove those rules from the book. It's it it, it muddies the waters and right like anyone that's playing Germany isn't using that German list out of there anyway. They're using the German book because you get ten times as many choices. Yeah, I don't none know, of I the just, army lists, the big five army lists in the rule book were complete. So yeah, I, I just think it's not. It seems like wasted pages to me. I maybe it was a nice concept for people that just wanted to buy the core rules yeah. and play the game. Sure, sure. If you get like the starter box, I guess I could see it where you got two factions and you're just fighting with what what was given to you in the box. I think there was an interesting uh 
some of those units were coming with like stack cards and stuff i think that would work just fine too like, i think that was a kind of interesting way of doing that without having to have it in the book i think the book would last longer if you could take that stuff out of there and you maybe would up again this is something that we were talking about instead of version three maybe you can just update the army books to to get you something if you like stretch it out further if you guys are really looking to stretch out version two just saying interesting okay uh so let's let's talk about some wish listing because i think that's the next thing on our topic or yeah on our agenda i had, a, I had a, a sleepless night that i was uh running some stuff through my head and i thought what the hell can make machine gun teams worth putting in a list oh my god this is we can there's we can probably list a thousand different ways we could do this but yep. let's let's hear yours well we'll start with mine i know jeff has some and so my idea was to, you know, as an errata, since apparently they can change Tiger Fear and all that stuff, is to add a special rule called <laughs> Ready. A unit with a special rule does not that does not currently have an order dice uh, assigned to it may respond to an enemy unit's movement as though it were an ambush, although at a minus one penalty, pull the unit's order dice out of the bag and place the fire order next to it. I like that. So, you know, because they, 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 <clears throat> they are kind of set up like lines of fire and respond for people running across said lines of fire. Is that right. not what... No, that's accurate. Okay. Like provide, so provide makes cover, them, break... Yeah, to, they're, so... They're, they're always a threat on the table. Cover fire. And they're not costing you an order dice in your, your draw ability, but when they don't have the ambush on them, this is just a little small penalty against them for that. This, this. So... I'm going to make a suggestion sure. here, Pat, because I like where you're going with this idea, but I want to make it quicker and easier and, and less of adding special rules. Um, so in this vein, I think this is a better... My solution to this situation be, at the start of each turn, a player may choose to pull an order dice for each of their MMG teams and give them an ambush order. Yeah, that cleans it up a lot, actually. Well, yeah, but, but you're also you lose, losing your draw. Your you draw your yeah, that's exactly right. You're losing so, your draw. Yeah, to so, get an so early instead of the minus order. one, so it's a choice. Yeah, instead of the minus one penalty, it's a choice. You can choose to do it. You don't yeah. have to, but you can yeah. choose to yeah. do it. Yeah, I like that actually. I Are think you that add to or in place of. What do you mean? So, so you're saying your rule would add to this ready one, or just no? This of? would this would be a, a variation of yours that okay. Just you could you could call the rule ready still, right? Yeah, you could still call the rule ready. And just basically give the unit an order, an ambush order at the beginning of the turn if you choose to. Yep. Like, and I think that's uh, it's, it's a it trade off because yeah, yeah yep. it's a trade off because you your machine gun teams are getting an ambush order, which is awesome, but you're going to have less dice in the bag to draw from, which is less awesome. And an ambush order can be limiting because if you put it out there, they're not going to be moving. Right. And they might not get to fire. They'll have to test at the end of the turn if nobody moved in their line of fire. Right. Right. It's got it's got its ups and downs, but I like the idea of that. I I've played with other ideas. I don't mind. That, I like that rule. That's that's a fantastic rule. I also think that like having having a machine gun be able to hit more than one unit at a time is actually beneficial too. Mm -hmm. Just throwing pins out there would be great if if you can split the number, you split your dice any way you see fit amongst any targets. Well, at, um, at a minus maybe, one, maybe a variation of uh, that other game we were playing with that's what i'm saying <clears throat> yeah, yeah where yeah. you just if you want to shoot multiple units each unit gets one dice against it sure yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like yeah you you get five dice and you can hit five units or maybe less if you're doing that i don't know but just the idea of you can spread your spread your fire out to just to generate pins 
you know, we talked about, you know, machine guns should, should generate more pins. Maybe this is the way you do that is that you know, yep. instead of, instead of one getting one unit getting, you know, tag teamed multiple times with a bunch of pins, why not, um, maybe you're spreading them out. Why not each hit causes a pin? Well, that's what I'm saying. Or, or you could do it that way too. If you have five dice and each, each time it hits, it generates a pin. That's pretty powerful. That's uh, probably over the top. That would that be worth 50 it. points. I, oh, for sure. Uh, well, that, it can still be hard to hit. Open, I mean, though. it can still be hard to hit. You're forcing people to go down, which is which is what you want, to, which is what you want to do. What you what you want them to do. Yeah. You know. So if you're in cover and you go down, they're hitting on sixes. So you get hit once. There's a pin. But the whole idea is that you're trying to pin those people in place because they're they're standing up against a hail of fire or. They could they could not go down and then they take three pins, right? You're yeah, right. It's it's good, but you can. Mm. I like it because you force the person that you're shooting with your MMG to make a choice, mm. and that that's really more interesting though, gameplay. If, if you have your MMG team in ambush, you basically are shutting down any open lane with that because they'll never come I mean, out into an isn't open. Isn't that what it was? That. I mean, isn't that what MMGs were supposed to be? You know well, I, I don't disagree with that, but that might be more than. And you really, you can really control the battlefield. Actually, you know, uh, I, I think we need some play testing on this. I I'd be excited to take MMG teams. I think that's a well, great dude. I, as an American player, I would take three of them. Then I'll I mean, even yeah. throw out my ten percent reduction cost to that because that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing, and this should be limited to MMG teams, not vehicle right. MMGs. Yes. Sure, sure, sure. Vehicle sure. MMGs are just fine. Each hit yeah. causes a pin. I think that's a good idea. Oosh! Wow. Let's play test that. Let's find out. Let's get. Uh, are you in? Are you are you throwing that out there in addition to being able to hit multiple units or still single target? I think still single target. Okay, that yeah, might you, that might be cleaner. Be that like, makes I do German think MMG it, teams just gross. Yeah, well, that's kind of what they were supposed to be, right? They might need an increase in price if they're going to. Well, do and that, that makes but. Hitler's buzzsaw a gr- on MMGs a great um, a great army specific rule. Yeah, it does it really does. It actually makes it a like it. It's nice, sure, whatever, no big deal. Well, uh, yeah, I guess MMG teams do get an extra one, but it wouldn't affect. It wouldn't help LMGs because we are not giving. I would assume you would no. not give. No, you do not give base LMGs. LMGs that. No, no, role. this is this is the MMG team. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Okay, making sure. Yeah. Not so, not no. the vehicle mounted ones, just the exclusive to the team. Because right now they're they're sorely neglected. Yeah. I, and it I, makes target I, I, priority, and it's an inter- it, it forces the whoever's bringing it to make an interesting choice as well, because then sure. um, targeting target priority is really important. You know, mm-hmm. who, who are you trying to really pin down, or in, how are you trying to influence the battle in that particular way? That's a good I, idea, Dale. I like that. I, it's, yep. I, I think it really adds an element to gameplay that is makes it more interesting and, and tactical. So, I think you would see a lot more MMGs if that were happening. And how exciting would that be? Had, that would be great. I yeah. I would love to see that unit be viable. I it think act, that's it makes board setup a lot more interesting too, and how you deploy. I mean, so mm-hmm. you're really giving yep. giving ideas to to the lanes of fire and how you're going to advance down the board to achieve your objectives. If someone puts a, an MMG, and your snipers become much more important as well. So for I sure. Mean, well, we got an adjustment to that too. So coming to up. snipers mm. coming up. Okay. All right. Let's let's move move it right along then. I like your I, next suggestion, Pat. I think it's uh, a great one. This one, this one's just a simple no-brainer to me, honestly. LMGs should be dropped to ten points and drop them back down to thirty inches, like they were in version one. Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't disagree. I almost wish twenty they were just... points for an LMG yeah. when you can add when you can add an MMG to a vehicle for fifteen points. Are you what? <laughs> I yeah. I almost I almost want them to be ten points and just be twenty four range, just because it makes things easier. But I I'd I do like, like de- twenty four as well. I think thirty is great. I like the extra range, but I think just for cleanness more that puts them on on par with the the BAR. Sure. Oh, well, I I just think it's easier if all infantry is just twenty four inches. But I agree. Yep. It, it just it's, it's just streamlining the game. But for mm-hmm. for what you've gone for, I totally agree with it. Like just making them ten points, I, I think that makes the bar a little uh, a little overcosted all of a sudden. But mm. or BAR, excuse me. It doesn't it doesn't need the loader. So sure. But it's only yeah. it's only one shot. It's one additional shot. Yeah, it's so awesome for five points. It's still good. BARs, I love it. But. Two BARs, four shots with two guys. An LMG oh, I suppose they're the same. Ten points yeah. with two guys. No loaders, I suppose. That's right. not, actually not that bad. It's, you, you, when you tell me, when you say it that way, it's yeah. you're right. It's Math not that checks bad. out. Well, Math if, checks out. If you reduce yeah. if you reduce the cost, um, then you're you're actually making it more efficient to bring the LMG because right now it's the same as bringing well, two other half, guys with mm-hmm. with rifle shots. Half the U.S. units can't have yeah. Half the units can't have LMGs, and I see what you're saying about right. other units bringing. Right. Well, LMG, most generic like, platoons have an have a squad option that has yep, an yep. LMG, but at least one LMG. Right? Yeah. So. If you're if you're looking to shape points, the first thing you do is like, where are my LMGs that I may be I'm willing to cut? Yep. What LMGs? Man. Uh, I bring so, them in some of my units, but yeah, I, but right, right now the choice now is: do you want more wounds? Do you want more wounds for a little less range, or right, do you want right. more, a little bit more range for your shots? Right, exactly. Footprint? Yep. I like. I. I can't. I can't complain about that. Cool. All right. Uh, let's talk about your lack of tiger fear. I think this is an interesting change. I don't know that I agree with it, this one, but I get what you're going I, I, for. I here. came up with this before the FAQ came out, and I, again, it goes back to it talking about Dale was saying that you know having a negative rule is not that great. You know, a rule that negatively yes. impacts your opponent's list versus something that I bring that positively increases mine. So what I went with is that changes to I just I couldn't come up with a good. I called it Tiger Pride. Woohoo! Uh, all friendly infantry and artillery units ignore the first pin when making an order or morale test within line of sight of a unit that has tiger pride. Kills me. All right. Uh, so I get what you're going for because you're going for a positive rule for yes, the Germans. That's, 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 that's really you. what it comes down to is like you're it just trying to find something. comical and Jeff laughing in the background isn't helping my self-esteem at this point. Yeah, uh, yes. Tiger, <laughs> Pride, Tiger Pride's my favorite. It just sounds really bad. It I does. just don't know why. It's, it just sounds weird. We just just with rainbows behind it. That's mask. the next uh, Snafu shirt. Tiger Pride. Tiger, tiger Pride. Pride. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll make the Tiger Pride shirt. That sounds great. I, I will 3D print a tiger and paint it rainbow colors. I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty I sure this next that. shirt's going to be pink at, at this point. I don't know why. Um, I get what you're going. I don't like this the way. I, I just. I don't think the Germans were really like, heck yeah, we got a tiger on our side. It was more like the other side was shit in their pants. So, yeah. right. I think. Yeah. I think there's just something it's to not be said. Yeah, it's. I think. It's you, I think play. you're better off replacing it with something completely different. I think they just like, need better armor. Period. Well, just yeah, like or even just a point no, reduction I mean, armor. Like, um, their their tanks just need to be a pip better in all regards. Oh, I was just going to say Blitzkrieg is just all their tanks are 15% less than everyone else's. There you go. Yeah, something like that. It's just something as stupid as just the point cost is reduced. 
Like it's that. I, I got one for you. I got one for yeah, you. Yeah. All right. German Blitzkrieg rule: all German armor ignores glancing hits. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I can get behind that. Or or Blitzkrieg, they just get a free six-inch move at the beginning of the game. Um, the only problem with ignoring the glance. Um, I was just thinking that's a little bit. It's it's a little bit of a negative. It's not really. Well, yeah, because you're um, you're um, they've scored a glancing hit. Oh nope, sorry, doesn't count. It's still seen. It's still viewed as a. It's still viewed as a negative. It's interesting. I don't see it any more negative than oops. I brought a pre British artillery observer and half your army died. Sorry. um, All all (laughs) German. Yeah. Well, that's well. All German armor uh, uh, has plus one pen. Sure. I, you know, I mean, something along that line. Something I, like I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, ignore glancing hits. I kind of like it, but it still suffers a little bit from the, you know what, uh, um, you're nerfed get coming because you're playing against me, kind of a thing. So, yeah. I'm yeah. not as big a subscriber to that school of thought, and that's right. why I don't yeah. see it as a problem. Yeah, I, I think I definitely think it's better. Um, it's yeah. definitely better than you better, just yeah. suffer minus one morale. Like it's that, a good like, rule. It's a good yeah. rule. So. I mean, if you were, if you wanted to go with more of the Tiger Pride um, along Pat's original line, maybe make it like a chaplain, like you can just remove D six pins from units within twelve inches of you or something. Or yeah, every time it every time it shakes a shakes a wound off, does something pretty big, right? It's, yeah, every it's time like it gets hit, nothing happens. It does something to your army. Oh about, god! Every time, yeah, every time something fires at it and doesn't penetrate its armor. You a just wipe all the twelve pins. inches. It's yeah, a, it's one unit within twelve inches loses all its pins. Oh yeah, and it can be the tiger itself, right? <laughs> you know, or um, Oof, I like that. Um, every time a tiger shoots off an enemy tank, um, the entire army gets plus one to hit or something. It <laughs> <laughs> should only happen we're, once, we're like, though, unless you're playing tank wars. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 roaming into the world of other games that start with. 40 and rhyme with K. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, but something like, I like that, the idea of like it it provides your unit something. I still don't like the, like, in this case, you still have to buy a tiger or a, or a, yeah. you know, something big. Yeah. But which, which it should have some benefit then when it, you know, when it does the thing it's supposed to do, which is shrug off other people's, you know, big ass weapons and provide you some morale bo- boosts. I think that's kind of a cool. That would be unique to a tank, is if it provided some kind of morale boost to your army, uh, which would be fitting to Germany, I guess. And it's well, not have, negative. Like, That's the important th- part. Uh, certainly, in the beginning of the war, I think we feel it's it's historical, maybe not consensus, but overwhelming towards superior German armor. So, right. And Jeff might be able to speak more to that. And and thinking more about the glancing hit rule, it's it's really clean. It's it's an immediate benefit. All across the board, and it and um, it gives value to the tank selection, and doesn't limit it to just one yeah. particular kind of Panzer four and then the uber expensive. Yeah, tires. right. And, and to be fair, it's a game concession. I mean, it's not that's not specifically historically accurate. German tanks were no better armored mm-hmm. by weight class than anybody else's tanks, and in some cases, the steel they had to use was actually shittier than the steel the Allies got to use, especially late war. So. It would be, it's one hundred percent a game mechanic, and not you know, okay. historical accuracy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I like that we're trying to find ways to make tiger tigers worth taking, um, because 
competitively, I just really don't think they are. They're not. I don't either, no. Yeah, they they definitely are way too expensive, unless we're playing a, a much higher point value game. Right, or a Tank Wars game. Or Tank Wars. I mean, I could see that working in like the Snafu format where you have a, a dice limit of some kind. People were bringing some bigger stuff. I don't know that. Do we? We saw a couple tigers. We've seen know. a couple tigers over the yeah. years, but and not, Pershings not and like we've seen some other big tanks, but it's in, it's not common enough. And that, obviously, that's not a very competitive format. So, yeah. and they're still a they're just a they're not an optimal investment in this game. No, they're too expensive. They're way not, too expensive. Not level. They, they, if I think they still need, regardless of what rules we'd give them, I think they would need a point reduction to make them viable. For yeah. sure. Anyway, all right. So next one is team weapons with three plus crew. Ignore sniper. Exceptional damage. Uh, so I this is, sure. This, yeah. This is one I talked to John Russell. Got some feedback on, and he said, "I'm quoting here: No sniperisms, not fine in my book. When you show me a sniper report hitting a weapon and taking out, I will believe you. Uh, one shot kills uh, three plus teams. Everyone in these teams is exhaustively trained in each position to exactly avoid a one shot kill." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would agree. I think that's a silly, like shooting off a mortar with one shot seems unlikely at best. So, and I think this also comes down when it comes down oh, to I two like plus. One. You know, mm-hmm. the, like you peeled off the first guy, and there's only two left. Then maybe it could be. Sure. No, I just I don't think it's I don't think you even need that. I I don't think the exceptional damage. I don't think they should exceptionally damage team weapons. I think they, should, they just shouldn't. They yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, well, they can't do it to, our, to artillery, so... I honestly just think team weapons should be considered artillery, but that's would make things easier. Well, I mean, but you don't want them to take the place of artillery. You don't want an Good point, you don't want them in the slot. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. You don't want them in the slot. Well, okay. Call them infantry artillery. Sure, whatever. <laughs> I mean, just make team weapons immune to... Yeah, it's easy enough to weapons. overcome. I think, well, or... Small you know, arms, etc. Yeah. Right. Simply speaking, the, the, the team weapon is immune to the sniper's exceptional damage rule. Yep. Which... You can still kill a guy. I... But. Yeah. I, I agree with Dale. I think it'd be sad if they did this, just because it is a very viable tactic for your sniper. What, um, what if they roll a six naturally? I think I think instead uh, of it being automatic, just the sniper's automatic exceptional. You know what? Damage. I think I'd be fine with yeah. that. Yeah, they, if they roll a six to wound, then it can be an exceptional. Maybe but, they got two guys with one bullet or something. Right. Fine. That'd be fine because it's a lot more rare than. Yes. Sure. Just the automatic wounding roll of the sniper is is kind of what takes that out. Well, the automatic except well, it's automatically exceptional if it wounds. It's right. just a wound, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you do you point team weapons higher? No, they're no. already over point over costed. Yeah. Yes. Not if we make the MMG changes that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that'd move them up to viable. You can take one of them. Well, let me. Yeah. Uh, I, unless you're Americans. Well, you okay, can take three. Fine. Then you can take three. Is I, well, I is take medium three. is medium mortar with a spotter and auto include in any competitive list? Uh, yes. Last episode we said yes. Yeah, I'd say that's the sweet spot. Actually, right? we said a so mortar is, is at we, some level. Is that still a no, is that still over costed? Then if sixty it's not points. Include? Well, you can still you can still snipe off the the off the spotter. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean that's mm-hmm. viable. You've now removed its fire lanes to some degree, maybe depending on how they've deployed it. And and yeah. perhaps um, perhaps spotters You're, aren't as important if they can't be if your mortar can't be sniped off. It, it, that's actually possibly true. Mm-hmm. Is then you're not hiding it quite so much. I, well, the spotter still adding take... pins. That's the thing, right? 
The spotter d- just increases the the visibility range, the lens. Right, sights. right, right. Yeah, but, well, yes, but it also I mean, allows the spotter you to doesn't put your, lose all of its all of its usefulsness right. by any. Even any though it stretch, can't take but, objectives anymore. But right. to Dale's point is like you're not maybe going to hide your mortar quite so hard if you if if you have a sniper on the table. You're not as scared about running an inexperienced right. mortar team. Well, you're not. Yeah, and you're not worried about the sniper well, being able to just one shot it off. Right. The you're not putting your mortar behind a building and right. letting your spotter do all yeah, the scenes exactly. shooting. Yeah, exactly. You, you can deploy that mortar in cover still, but it's not going to be out of line of sight. Yeah. Right. It, it's um it's an interesting change. I I'm, I'm, I have mixed feelings about it, and it and it would shake things up a little bit with your army selection and things like that. So 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 again, the, when I was when I was thinking these things over is what you had talked about in the last episode before that was like, you know you know you've gotten so stagnant in this version that you have your win list. Yep. And that these minor, seemingly minor changes open that up to, okay, now what do I do? Sure. And that's just one more little tick is like, okay, so the game's changed a little bit, now how do I respond to it? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's some interesting stuff there. I think you do something with the, the sniper themselves, I think. Yeah. I, th- I think outside of Stalingrad, I'm struggling to remember any time snipers were so good as they are portrayed in bolt action. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. Uh, some of the... In some of the um, Pacific campaign, um, they were, they with were the Japanese and the Marines, wasn't there some situations there where snipers the were causing some They were some pretty fits? big with just the fear factor of you know that first guy out there, and you're not going to go run after him because you know it was a sniper hit, and that would that would actually freeze units. Well, I mean, yeah, a sniper is always going to cause that kind of panic, but it's like I don't feel like the sniper is like blowing squads off the table. Or, right. or blowing all the mortars and machine guns off the there table. There were so many right. of them in Stalingrad, for sure. That And that right. was pretty unique. Okay. Don't I, get me wrong. I mean, they certainly got used and were prevalent everywhere, but I don't... I just feel like... I feel like it's one of those things where their effectiveness is a little outsized in people's psyche, too. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, their and rules... Probably amplified by them. Hollywood. Yep. Yeah. And in particular, the rules in this game make them have an outsized effect on a battlefield. It should be a pin mechanic more than a removing specific item mechanic. Right. If yeah, that that's absolutely like getting shot by a sniper shouldn't be an exceptional da- I mean it can be an exceptional damage weapon fine, I guess, but it'd be more accurate if it if you caused a wound it caused like D6 pins to a unit. Right, cuz you're more like oh shit the whole unit just went down versus right. yeah, and versus like, like, when we we saw some of the examples in the the firefight that we were running through that got shelved that everything within three inches or two inches or whatever took a pin just the, the graphic nature of the sniper shot right mm-hmm. right I mean that's a and that's a thing that's what snipers are supposed to do is pin down they're not supposed to kill platoons they're supposed to pin down platoons well and of course obviously a sniper would take his advantage on an LMG if he could but that's not often what he would see or an NCO right. for that matter he's he's hitting the first dude that he sees yeah. Right, like he's he's li- he's got his line of fire, and he's basically waiting for someone to, you know, like a spider trying to trap it. Right, I mean that's yep. at least my understanding of it. And then is, and then shoot it. The next guy to go out and get the wounded <laughs> right. guy. Right, right. They're he trying would to kill them. Right, he'd wound them so someone right. else would have to come out and get them. Right, it's a pretty nasty tactic in my opinion, but the idea of not being that they're not they're not. I don't think they were particularly aiming for NCOs, and I know that they were. Like obviously, I, I, I'm 
I'm using my my Hollywood knowledge here and saying yeah. like there was definitely some you know there's depictions of of officers taking off their some of their uniform to make sure that they didn't look like the captain. They don't want to get well, shot because they, they right. look like the high man on the totem pole. But I mean that's for all incoming fire that can right. get you. Not right. just snipers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, so. Don't get me wrong, snipers are they're very strong, but I mean you could reasonably in bolt action rules if force organization charts didn't exist take an entire army of snipers and be very effective and that's kind of dumb well okay so let's just let's just let's we're down this rabbit hole we're in this rabbit hole what the what if you made snipers if they hit and fire they can shoot again no 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 okay just, i'm just no throwing some just no <laughs> just just no i i mean that's fine i was just looking at ways of doing it so that you could have multiple shots it would offer more pins too, without going D six because that sounds like a lot. Yeah, you don't like that. I would prefer if they traded their exceptional damage rule for a three pin mechanic if they hit. Sure, wounded. I'm fine with. I'd be fine with something like that. I think that would be. There's some. There's obviously some give and take with it. Yeah. Well, because part of it is exactly like you were saying, and and Pat said, people in the field made it a point to disguise that they weren't the sergeant, weren't the lieutenant. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're yeah, not obvious to the sniper who's who. That's why right. the U.S. had their emblems in the back of their back. helmet, not yeah. the front. Right. The one, and two, or the vertical or horizontal bars. It's not so obvious as it is in a game of bolt action where you're like, I shoot this unit with my sniper rifle, I'm taking your, you know, your sergeant off. Which guy Which I got to take off? Which guy is the NCO? I want him. Yeah, I want him, yeah. yeah like, oh, you can't tell? Sorry. Then, yeah, you know. I guess your guy right. didn't shoot him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you tell me which model in my squad you're shooting first, and you have ten seconds to decide. <laughs> <laughs> or you didn't already decide? Yeah, right. Anyway, so. okay. Well, that's an interesting one. I like it. Uh, the next thing you're talking about here obviously needs updates because it sucks. It's oh smoke. It, smoke it sucks is the worst it's version thing. one. It's it's never been good. It's I would love garbage. for smoke to be viable, and I think smoke would like a viable smoke rule would change the game so dramatically. Yes, like yeah. in a positive direction. Night and day. It, you know, like even just a, a d6 scatter instead of well, your opponent can now choose where that goes. Like, yeah, opponent choosing where it lands what? has got to be the s- poorest rule choice nice, in the book. Nice mental pause there, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> There's a different <laughs> word nice. coming out there at the beginning. It was, <laughs> but it's it's the it is the singular worst rule in bolt action. I'm going to say it. Sure. Yeah, it's so yeah, bad, yeah. no yeah. one uses it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's. There was a point where I thought it was viable enough uh, in hoping, and I think even I don't know if I read this and was it was uh, it might have been Conflict Forty Seven where they're they're a little bit different. I'm not, don't quote me on that because I bought a bunch of three inch templates thinking like, okay, here comes version two, smoke should be something viable, and then it was the same as version one, and I'm like, ah shit, yeah, really, like I would love to see them update this rule because I think. It, it should and be a D6 scatter or that's D3 all it scatter. Needs. Or if it doesn't hit, it's a D3 or a D6 scatter. That's all it needs. It doesn't Close even enough. does it even really need that. Like, well, there's there's some people who argue the fact that even the mortar round missing should be a scatter and not a miss. Yeah, it, that just messes up the rules, though, right? Like, right, yes, right. So I'm going to put I'm going to put I'm going to put it down here. If it's over half, you know, it's. You know, it it's at minus well, I mean, one. Even we're, give it a five or a six for Christ's sake. Give it a sure, chance. Sure, and but it just lands where you want it to. Don't like, don't like. We don't need to scatter. We don't need to do it. Like, I don't. 
Templates uh, suck, though. No one wants to deal with templates. I, I don't disagree, so, but I, you're not think, wrong. Yeah. So what's an interesting way where you, we're not we're not rolling for wind conditions and templates moving or scatter? What's like an easy way to apply a status effect that would be how about if interesting you, enough? So if you pop smoke on on one of your units, because how many how many smoke rounds are you going to have anyway? Would you would you rather it be a buff for your own units or a debuff for your enemy? So if I you think was, if you hit the unit yeah. that, and hit it with smoke. Um, then they're at minus one, not minus one, because that would just be like a pin. Um, but maybe minus two to hit or something, minus two to shoot. Well, I, I was actually going to. I got a better one, I got a better one oh, for you. Okay. Yeah, you, with smoke, you go. If you hit a unit with smoke, they can't fire at long range. Uh, sure. So you're, hit, you're trying yeah, to hit a unit. Here's, here's how many, how many st- I'm, I'm going to ask this question because how many units in your army typically would be able to fire smoke? Two? Mortars. Well, if it's my four Nebelwerfer army. Well, right. Well, <laughs> typical. Set, typical a, set, a, set aside Nebelwerfers for a second. Two. Typical <laughs> two. Maybe a third if you Maybe a third? Okay, because I was just going to say, what if you just made it a table effect? Yeah, I say, I say typically a third if you're going to like take the grenade launchers out of freaking... Well, maybe you need to re- readjust what can take smoke fire, but that's... So what if you instead of... What instead of it's affecting a unit on the other side, it just changes the... You know, modifies range by six inches. Or every time Everybody's we put it down, in smoke. Right? It's just yeah. It's just it's an, like it's like a nighttime. It's a night fight all of a sudden, not to the effect of night fight, but you're I now lowering their visibility. Versions of rules for that. So, well, right. I'm just I'm throwing oh, out an idea yeah. of just you're lowering the visibility because that's really all you're doing. Uh, no, I think uh, Jeff has got the simplest one, which is just long ranges off the table, or not not allowed. Sure. Or even even here, let, let's simplify it further because long range. Because if you want to keep it consistent, a yeah, unit that you hit with smoke ranges, can't is their range is limited to twelve inches, no matter what they're firing. Oosh. You shorten them up. Yeah, that works. I mean, that would that would limit like you'd want to hit certain targets with it. Well, I mean, that's exactly what smoke was used for, though. Smoke is right. a huge part mm-hmm. of combat, for how long? even in World War Two. One turn for turn. Yeah, I actually until the, the end of the turn and the current turn. I. Which would, which means you would want to fire your smoke early, early in the early. turn. Yep, yep. Which would be an interesting. Which is change. another choice. It's one of yeah. those things that's like, oof, I've lined up this shot or this charge, and I've got my smoke I want to put out. What if? Uh, I mean, back to the point of uh, I don't remember who said it, but it's like a pin. But what if it is just if you have a visibility of minus one? So if you're shooting, I mean, because it's going to affect both sides, right? I'm assuming. If I'd rather, shoot a, I'd rather shoot high explosive at them then. Okay, that's right. You'd rather do. if you're going to hit them, you'd rather kill guys and and do D three pins. pins. Right. You, no, no, no. no just, I'm not saying hit units. I'm just I'm I'm status effect on the table. Oh, is it for everybody though? I mean, that yeah, would be. You, I think that has to be. That would be the way you do what it. What if within within if, twenty within twenty four inches you could choose where it goes? Well, I'm removing templates altogether. Right. I'm trying to remove the temp, the template idea. Yeah. So because I thing agree, with that templates is, are. You're building a specific army that is going to, that is going to be able to mitigate the fact that you're going to smoke the entire table, um, which yeah. isn't necessarily very interesting yeah. to I think me. Bob Marley would disagree. With that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the quickest the quickest solution here is is we have to stick with the system we have, which is templates. Sure. The quickest solution is if you fire smoke rounds, it either hits where you're aiming on a four plus, or it's a dud. It goes off target. It doesn't kick its smoke out, right? And it's ignored, right? 
that that none would of this, be the easiest none of this your way. opponent placing its bullshit none yep. of it yep. you know, don't worry about smoke drifting and all this other shit just at four plus it hits where you're aiming or it doesn't happen right is is done it's gone the end of the round yeah. right just, and, and right just be done with it it lasts till the end of the round and that's it the end of the current round current round sure not that's, until the next and smoke is next like dice. impassable terrain or you can't see through it or well it, it's uh, just dense terrain dense terrain so dense into, terrain. Uh, you can't shoot through it yeah yeah. If you're in it, you can shoot out of it, but that, but you can't see through across it. That is by far the easiest, most elegant solution to what we currently have. The other it's, solutions are all great if we want to change how the game plays completely, but that's a different... Okay. That's, yeah. There's more version 3 type wish listing than just Which, changing what we, we currently we've have. We've got about five or six episodes before we can start talking about that. Yeah, Five maybe or this, six? This, I think this, this longer maybe, maybe 10 or 15. The easiest part about sure. this smoke rule is you could change it in a fact. Right, yes. just right. remove it's the, a, it's just a half remove paragraph the opponent a moving shit. Yeah, that's yep. not that hard. Yep. Sweet. Yep. Uh, hey, dumb shit, don't touch my smoke. Right. Right, and just it just pick it up at the end of the turn. Yep. Right. Yep. That, I mean, that that it, it's, it has strategy, at least. Mm-hmm. It would make people And it's reliable enough it. that you'd actually think about doing it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think a lot of these thoughts came out of when I was when we were doing some of the the, the playtesting for the firefight, which got shelled hardcore. And I think that's where we, you know, that made sense at those, mm-hmm. at the, those points. How do you okay. do the Neville Werfer at that point? You just what just you one template. D3. No, no, it's D three. Still D three. Okay. Still right. D three. Okay. Yep. Because it's templates. not under. They got to roll four to hit anywhere. Yeah. Right? Yep. All right. Fantastic. Uh, I think that's enough. Uh, <laughs> of our dream dream scenario, what they could do with version two, that you will never see in your old extra rulebook version two point five. I yeah, that's some good ideas though. I I like how, I like how we're just trying to slightly massage what we currently have at least at this well, point. Again, to some degree, you know, like like Dale said, you know, just, just it's been long enough that people have the recipe and yep. just tweak it just a touch to make them go, oh, frick, I don't really have that set. So I'm gonna, And I agree, and I'm going to tell you, I think changing the smoke rule is the, you know, for the analogy, it's the baking show where they show up halfway through and say, hey, here's the ingredient you have to use now. That's weird. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's going to change the whole game yeah. for the better, I think. I can't bake a shark salmon with cauliflower well yes you can i mean you think about like the smoke rule we just talked about and the machine gun rules we'd already discussed like you know machine guns might be coming overpowered to some degree like it sounds like like, i'd love to see that happen. i would love to see that happen right i would love to see them become op but i also think if they become a viable unit now smoke might become more viable too yep right you you got some counterpoints to the the things that we're making better i think that's that makes it a more fun game in my opinion because now you're going to have a a and a more trade-off game. One even better for people, I think, with better smoke rules. One of the biggest complaints and why you pe- find people saying stuff is super overpowered and bullcrap in this game is because they're not playing with enough terrain. Sure. Yeah, I agree. You yeah. add viable smoke rules where you can have mobile terrain like that. It only exists a turn, but I don't care. You Just know, long suddenly enough. People, right, and everybody should be able to find uh, an old T-shirt for the smoke marker or a cotton ball for the smoke marker. No problem. Suddenly, you got a whole table template, right? That's all you need. Yep. So, I think that'll clean up a lot of those. Like, oh my god, that 
88 in this open field of a board is just wrecking everything. They'd be like, <laughs> well, like, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't pop smoke in front of it every turn. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who the hell runs across an open field in front of an 88? You're asking to get wrecked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, those people generally didn't have grandkids. Right, exactly. Yes. Or they had them previous to the war. <laughs> right. Which is possible, too. Which they didn't know about, I'm sure. Right, yeah. But that's a different <laughs> podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, all right. So we're going to come back from break, and we'll talk about Tank Wars, right? Do we know what the music is yet? No, we personally don't I know don't what the music know. is. It's okay. It's, it's going to be three minutes of tank tread noises. Just <laughs> just exhaust noises. Just oh, no, no, man. Tank treads just driving around and shit. Sure. Sounds great. That's, 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 that's music. Minutes, three minutes. In fact, it'll be a game. You guys figure out which tank it was. Ooh. Or we tell them for them. Well, tell them at the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can give them multiple ones. I can guarantee you that's not what the music is. Oh. It's not really music, I guess, but... Right. It's music to me. <laughs> Out of curiosity, to go back to the hobby, Jeff, did you would, did they let people drive that any of their tanks? Uh, not at this time, although a number of them were in working order and they had an outside area that sure looked like you could drive tanks around. <laughs> you know, there's a place about an hour away from here. It has a Sherman, can, right? Oh, has oh, a Sherman. Oh, yeah. It has an easy 8 Sherman. Ooh, yeah. yeah, there's right. there's one issue at least for me is I don't fit in any of the hatches. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, you're just a tank rider, dude. If I'm not you're right, I'm a tank rider some, or a half tracker. <laughs> some Brens and some other things out there as well, but yeah, yeah. if I remember right, the, sh- the the rounds are really expensive. If you want the to whole shoot place the thing. is expensive, but yeah, 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 yeah the whole yeah, thing's expensive. But where else are you going to drive a tank and shoot a gun? Yeah. A main gun on a tank? Uh, can you you can drive well, over I, cars and I, shit there? I don't you? think you can shoot the main gun on the tank. So I'm I almost suppose, positive yeah. that you can't. There's no way that they would they would well, let a tank with well, a not a live round. It's not dummy. live. It they doesn't should, have a. It doesn't have an actual yeah, shell attached. Like, which is let you shoot a dummy round. Yeah, a blank round. Just 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 oh, black oh. powder grain in there or okay, whatever right. it is that they put in there. Well, some kind of. You tell me I, I can fire a main gun on a tank. I'm I'm going. I want it to explode. <laughs> oh well, you know. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> ain't going to do that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I mean I can rig something up at the other end that explodes, but it's not going to be from the tank. Um. Yeah, we we saw MythBusters do that, and they f- fucking shot a cannonball through st- uh, San Francisco. Yeah, like two miles downrange. Yep. Accident. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so we're not gonna be doing that anyway. Uh, it, hopefully, you like hopefully the music. Enjoy the music. Yeah, we'll be yeah. back. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> The burlesque theater where the gang loves to go To see Queenie, the cutie of the burlesque show And the thrill of the evening is when out Queenie skips And the band plays a polka while she strips Take it off, take it off, cries a voice from the rear Take it off, take it off, soon it's all you can hear But she's always a lady, even in pantomime So she stops and always just in time She's as fresh and as wholesome as the flowers in May And she hopes to retire to the farm someday But you can't buy a farm until you're up in the chips So the band plays a polka while she strips Take it off, take it off, all the customers shout Down in front, down in front, while the band beats it out But she's always a lady, even in pantomime So she stops, and always just in time Queenie, 
I still have a pair of socks on. <laughs> I don't think you were supposed to strip during the song. Oh, you weren't listening to the same song uh, I was. Uh, Definitely not. Challenge accepted. Okay, well. That would have right, required me to be wearing some clothes to start with. Okay, well, let's, let's take another break and let's do it again now that everyone knows how to do it correctly. The strip polka? Yes. It, I mean, every polka I know is requires in, we should encourages interactive and put yeah. the music back in. So. Yeah, so that put you put your clothes back on, play it in reverse. Play it back. Well, no, I'll actually be able to finish. So. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's ever, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. Uh, anyway, welcome back. We're going to talk about some tank wars. Let's talk tank wars. Da, da, da. I want like da, cool da. sound effects right now. Those are those are terrible. Those are perfect. That's oh, that sorry. sounds like snafu right there. That's that's the the like we can't get any higher than that right there. All right, let's let's talk tank wars. If you're unfamiliar with the format, it is a it's a it's its own separate rulebook. It uses bolt action rules, but it is primarily focused on armor. The veckles. Vehicles, yes. Right, we will call them. Yeah, nuclear vessel, vessels, 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 vessels. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry for all of those. What is what's his nationality in that? He's Russian. He's Russian. Russian? Okay, yeah. check off. Check off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so that is primarily what it's focused on: tanks, armored cars, transports. You can bring infantry, but they have to have a transport. Is that the rule for yep. tank wars? Okay. Yes. So you can have all sorts of fun stuff. Um, however, it's you get to go more pew pew on the big stuff. So, so the the big thing is that instead of having your first or second lieutenant and your two compulsory infantry squads, is you have three compulsory vehicles. Yep. One of which has 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 to be the command vehicle. Um, and if you don't select specifically something that has the special command vehicle rule, you have to pay twenty five points to make your vehicle become a command vehicle, so there's a bit of a tax there. And then another two 
vehicles. Basically, yeah, any armored, anything that has a gun. Basically, it can be yeah. soft skin to still count. And then yep. you go, uh, then you can have up to additional zero two vehicles. Uh, zero three infantry. You can actually put a lieutenant if you want to. Captain, medic, observers. You can still have a machine gun team. Zero one and mortar, snipers, flamethrowers, anti tank teams, and zero one on artillery. So all those are zero ones. So you, you can kind of get there. But as Rick alluded to, is that everybody must have a ride. And since I've seen this question put on Facebook, that no bicycles don't count as a ride. Sadly, I wish they did. That would wait. Really, they don't. They, they do don't. not. Wow. So, uh, armed must include enough transport vehicles and or tows, soft skin or armor, to transport all models of the infantry mm-hmm. uh, units, uh, units in the platoon up to a maximum one transport per, per infantry unit or artillery. The exceptions are mounted cavalry and units on motorcycles. So you can have cavalry you can and have motorcycles, cavalry. but not bikes. But not bikes bicycles. Not well, you can bring bike dudes, but they have to go in a transport. Yes. Which kind of eliminates the point of having a bike. Yeah. But you can have all... Yeah. But at least you can have a biker gang. You can. You can have a motor... I just wonder if you have to have a separate transport for their bikes. Yeah, jeez. It doesn't say you do. No, it doesn't, but with logistics and space, I mean, I... They have have a bike trailer. They're going to Sturgis. (laughs) (laughs) So, what, five of the German MMG motorcycle teams for your... Main choices, and then three squads of guys on cran shooting or whatever on bicycles. That'd be or motorbikes. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah. actually be really fun. It would be mm-hmm. a, it'd be like a shitty version of the Polish Lancers. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't. You, you'd have a lot of firepower there. <laughs> you against would. Infantry. If but if you're in a tank war scenario, it's not that great because you don't have. Well, can you get Panzerfaust on those motorcycle dudes? I don't think so. I don't think you can either because you would definitely need some uh, kind of armor cracking capabilities with that if you're playing in a tank war format. Yep. Otherwise, so yes, that would be great. We've played tournaments that they allow well, they allow these in there sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I brought in three uh, Kuba wagons as my armored platoon before. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I think the time we've most frequently seen this is in the doubles tournament at Adepticon where they allow, I don't know if they still allow it, but they were allowing one of the players to bring a tank war selector. Yep. So you get some extra armor. But it was kind of <laughs> the weird the weird conundrum of, like, you had, what, 2,000 points total? So... Mm-hmm. You, kind of didn't Not have even. enough like yeah you didn't have enough points to mm-hmm. you didn't have enough points to stick stick enough armor in there so it was like one dude's playing like three dice maybe yep. maybe well, yeah. it have to be three dice because that's the bare minimum that's but the minimum. but it's just like that's that's kind of lame actually when you think about it so you can run like you can get like five panzer ones in there you yeah know? you can but it's like three shermans or like that's that's a lot of points when you three start. shermans is like 600 yeah depending on which one you go and it's three shots. That's the tricky part too. So anyway, uh, let's go through the book. Let's talk about what. So we've we've already said we have command vehicles. You have to have yep. a command vehicle. Uh, uh, and the command vehicle basically acts as your lieutenant, and yep. he has a twelve-inch command range. Which, uh, reading through the book, you have to stumble across that yourself. They don't blatantly say it, so that's disappointing. Yeah, it is. Uh, and they also say that you're supposed to keep your command vehicle secret from your opponent. So ask him to turn away as you measure command distance. I don't think you're going to see that. Maybe in your beer and pretzels, I don't think you're going to see that in an actual competitive because that's just ridiculous. That's yeah. That sounds yeah. That's so. A lot of this book is kind of written towards the. Again, this is one of those play it as a campaign, watch them all develop as they go, and didn't really have. You have to make some 
hard decisions when you're like using this as a competitive format, and I think that's one of them right there. Yeah, you kind of have to lose that hiding hiding information. I mean that you're, you're supposed to be able to openly share lists. That pretty much eliminates that possibility right. altogether right away. So uh, uh, unless you have three identical vehicles, which is something that we'll get to, but it, that's yep. not necessarily. Uh, yeah, it's open. It's rife for manipulation in a tournament setting. And Can be. So there's also they mentioned the you know the communication and there's a lack of radios. So if you're playing French, Soviet, or Japanese, you can opt to reduce all the cost of your, the cost of your command vehicle from 25 down to 15, and then your uh, your morale bonus distance will drop from 12 to six inches. Meaning uh, that they're using flags what? and hand signals. Yeah. No. Right. But so you're dropping it not half the points, but you're dropping it half the distance. I wouldn't recommend doing that personally. Yeah, I don't think that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Because they also, once they do that, they can't get the really good benefit in the game, which is the the radio networks. Yep. Yeah, which we'll talk about again in a second. So probably shortly. So that's. But okay, sure. That that's sounds like the way it actually was. Sure. I'll probably answer better than that, but that's my answer. Is I'm oh, guessing yeah. they put it in here for a reason. Early it's Russian, historical. early war French. It was hit or miss if they had radios inside their tanks. So and if the radios were any good, if they did. Right, so they were relying on flags and hand signals still. Yeah, which is, as you can guess, not a great way to run a tank company. But yeah, you got to run open hatches for sure. That yeah. seems like a bad choice. Hand yeah, signals well, with a closed hatch, that'd be really tough. Yeah, to that'd do. be really tough. Just cut. They got the one arm out the side. <laughs> just, Turn right. Why does he keep giving us the middle finger? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> oh, right, we're fucked. <laughs> Except for Lefty, who lost his right arm, can't give yeah. you hand signals, and you're kind of hosed. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, for, for the ten points, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever do that. Yeah, it no. seems like not a worth. If it was, if it was like French, Soviet, Japanese got it for free, but it's only six inches. Sure, fine. Like that's flavorful and whatever. But yeah, not so great. Okay, uh, we've already mentioned the infantry and artillery needing rides. We've covered that. I yep. So the next big thing is the the radio networks. Um, it's like so Rush Limbo and no, not quite. No. Oh, okay. No Howard Stern. So, in your compulsory three, your command vehicle and your other two, if they all have the same vehicle entry, like they're all Sherman M2, or why don't you take that, M3? Something, um, whatever, yeah. Right, and you can have, you can like, one can have the MMG, one cannot, one can remove the soft size, one cannot, but as long as they're from the same entry line, then you can buy a radio network, which will change that command bonus to plus two from plus one. And it's only five points to do it. That seems like a worthwhile investment. Very now, useful. what they don't tell you here that you have to find out much later in the book is that uh, there are specific vehicles that are command vehicles, um, and they that have the automatically get that upgrade. Automatically get that upgrade. Cool. Now, mm-hmm. if you have a command, an actual command vehicle, and the other two are the same entry, that also counts for getting radio networks. Without without paying for an upgrade. No, you still have to pay the five points. Oh, okay. For each of the vehicles, you still need to pay the extra but points. But the not. entry in the first part of the book says that all three of the compulsory have to be the same. Right, right. Unless the command vehicle is an actual command vehicle, then it counts. Which they don't tell you until, like, page 97. So, or, uh, 77. So, mm, thanks. Okay. So, because actually we'll, we'll highlight a couple of command vehicles the, a little later in, because there are some of them that are actually... Um, Maybe you should take a look at these. And by the way, they all count as a standard reinforced platoon. So, 
Sweet. Okay. Uh, now one. the radio networks start to get better. So okay. if you, again, you still got the compulsory. Um, so you get to the armored platoon commander level. So this means you have more than one platoon. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you mentioned this. So they consider a standard bolt action game to be a thousand points. Uh, they consider a standard um, tank wars game to be fifteen hundred points. Okay, hmm. kind of keeping Less that same order dice right. area, but accounting for the fact that tanks are a little more expensive. Yeah, I feel like I would want it to be even higher, but same. that's just me. Um, I'd I had, expect... I've played one at thirty four hundred points before. It was pretty fun. Right, you're one, just bringing yeah, all your tank tanks. wars. That's fine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so now you've got the armored platoon commander. So if you've got um, again, you still have to have the compulsory three, but you can have more than one platoon. You can have one of them get upgraded to the platoon commander, and now he gets a plus three for his platoon, and still only a plus two to the other platoon. No, oh, the fact that he even offers anything to the other platoon's cool. Okay. Yeah. So then they get more ridiculous, where they have the um, uh, the. Armored Company Commander. So oh, that one might have been. Hang on. If three all taken. The same entry irrelevant. What the hell? <laughs> Confusing myself. Oh, I jumped ahead to the the bigger one. So uh, that was the army. The, sorry, totally messed that one up. The Armored Company Commander. If you have two or more platoons, ten points. You're going up to plus three or plus four. Right, you're up to now. Dear Lord. Okay. Yeah. And you can get to battalion if you get three or more armored platoons. Jeez. So, they, so yeah, if you start stacking armored platoons and keep taking those compulsory three from the same one, you know, you start stacking your boosts pretty nicely. So I mean, you'll always have for each platoon will have its radio network that works with everything, and then you get the big company guy who in his platoon is like plus four or something like that. So sure, the radio networks are. Interesting. They're gimmicky. I don't think I've ever played two armored platoons before. So I I think I want to try it now. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, how how this is a great time to uh, again with the total or with with uh, tabletop simulators is a great way to to play something with not as many models. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, interesting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. They move around nicely, and then they've got some. Then they give you some nice little pictures of uh, platoons, and uh, looks like someone will have three platoons, three armored platoons in there. And they give you some recommended uh, platoon lists, and then they have a tank battle scenario. One. Okay, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, and then here's where they finally tell you that you know the. They, their experience, the standard, is the 1,500 points, and they give you a couple of uh, practice ones. So this one's got a, a veteran M4A4, a uh, regular M36 Jackson, an M3A3 Stewart with Recce. they got some arty guns, a bazooka team, and a Jeep, and that's all their infantry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no requirement to have any infantry in this, though, do you? Correct. It is 0-3. Yeah. Okay. So you, you could play with just tanks, and you'd be totally okay as long as you're not playing some weird scenario. That's kind of what you're going for though usually, isn't it? With the tank wars? There's no no infantry? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you want to play with all the tanks. Yes. Because they're the cool bits. All of the same tanks, though. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, least, you want to play at least three of the same times right. two. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how many easy eights I can get in here. <laughs> the answer is six. Uh, and by the way, you don't you don't want your uh, you don't want your deck of Stuart in this one. It ain't going to do a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although the veteran Stuart with would be fun. Uh, you'd have to do the M three A one. Yeah, yeah. You would not do the MMG one. Yep. Right. Yeah. You want the yep. stabilized like. And I'm going to speak some heresy here while we're talking about tank wars. Yeah, let's do it. And my true heresy is, is that I think tank wars works better in 15 millimeter. I think you're actually right. Yeah. Which is, you know, there's another company that makes tons of 15 millimeter World War II miniatures. um, And lots of guys have played that system and have left it for bolt action. So you should have some of these miniatures laying around or someone in your club probably has a ton of them. Um, And we have played that way. And I think all we changed was the size of the miniatures in the terrain. We kept all the ranges the same. And And it probably is in proper, like closer to proper scale. I would think it still works. Yeah. Yeah. It works great, actually, at that scale. So probably feels a little bit better. It 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 really does. Okay. You know the problem, and Pat will echo me on this. Is the problem is when you're playing tank wars in the full bolt action scale. I mean, those tanks are so damn huge. You start just right. You know, you're kind of just ramming into each other. You, you run out of space on the table. Right. You know, things get cluttered too fast, and the big cats are shooting like 12 inches away, and you're like, uh, Yeah, you you really wish you were on a bigger table, don't you? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You would think that you'd, yeah, you'd want an extra two feet on each side, or like a foot on each side or something. Yep. It'd be six by six would be at least a minimum, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly what I'm saying. The table just feel does it doesn't feel big enough for a tank war. Right. Well, I think that's the problem, right? Because the moment you walk on the table, or like you move, a, it, it's immediately in range. Right. There's no, there's no, like, moving for position or anything like that. Exactly. Um, I, I, I think it's kind of an interesting perspective on it. I I don't have a problem with it myself, other than I don't have any 15-millimeter tanks. Well, I mean, even I've got some around here someplace, but guys like Kevin have hundreds. Yeah, yeah, because, again, when you that other system, you were buying tanks. You were yep. buying more than one of them at a time, and it, you got them pretty cheap still. So. Exactly. And you don't need very many of them, so it's kind of cool too, yeah. Uh, okay. So we have one scenario, Pat. That's yes, it. we do. Uh, and it's uh, basically you roll 2d6 and you put objectives out. Uh, they can't be within like 12 inches of each other or 6 inches of the board. And you're just trying to turn objectives to your side. Okay. Uh, everything everything comes out in the first wave. Okay. And it plays 7 turns, and then you roll dice, and 4-up uh, you play an 8th turn. Interesting. Now... A lot of the theater books do have scenarios for tank wars, though, which I think is kind of cool to have. Like, yes, yeah, it, it seems fitting. There were definitely tank battles that happened during the war, and this is a great way of kind of sprinkling those in. So it gives legs to the tank wars rulebook too. So yes, I wish that it wasn't a first edition holdover, but it very much is at this point. So uh, I would hope at some point they update it. I don't know why they haven't yet at this point. I mean, the rules for us to talk about it. Right, <laughs> we'll get we'll get the notice next week. Uh, Take Wars pre-order, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, or maybe they're holding out for third edition in four years. So, I I don't know that there are many rules that break 
under this in this book compared to the version two book? Probably, I'm guessing some some of the gun rules probably had to change via templates versus dice. Yeah, numbers. I was going to say yeah. that should be your biggest change is your templates versus D6 number of hits mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's easy, easy enough covered because they still call them, you know, light howitzer, right. beam howitzer, right. AT. They still, those are, you know. Yep. The pen values and all that stuff, it still correlates. It's just, it's not, it's a template now, obviously, so you just have to mm-hmm. pay attention to that. So the one, one thing the that's things. different in this book that <clears throat> isn't covered in any other scenarios is that they have something called vehicle crew experience. Ah. And even when your tank gets knocked out, you can put three dudes with rifles on the table and they can keep fighting or they can move to their board edge to try and survive. And they count as a 50-point unit if you kill them. Interesting. So So you kill the tank, which is whatever, 250, whatever, and then the crew can come out and be another 50. Yep. So it, the the guideline again I mentioned at the beginning that this is kind of set up to be the this is the campaign watch them develop an experience mm-hmm. is you're supposed to take all of your tanks at inexperienced for your first game oh god why and then as they start killing tanks I think it's every like 250 points they develop a skill and once they get their third skill they move to regular and once they get their fifth skill no, sorry. Once they get their second skill, they move to regular, and their fourth skill, they become veteran. That's so that's cool. how they're staging them. You're supposed to buy them in experience, and it can happen. It can happen mid game. Oh, it happens like real time. Yep. It's not like in between games that. So they get XP based on whatever they've destroyed. Okay. Uh, and they also get XP if they survive a game, meaning you're supposed to be playing multiple games with the same crew. Makes right. sense. So this is like a story or narrative campaign. It's not. It's not meant to be necessarily like this particular style is not necessarily meant to be played in a tournament. You yeah, are going to get to pick any of these skills for a tournament. You'll for, see tournaments that will allow. They'll they'll say tank wars are allowed, and they'll say no no crew skill. And this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Okay. That which makes sense. So you're not going to pop guys out of out of the turret. So and you're not going to get crazy different weird. So Special the things. Example here is that basically they get ten percent in experience of what they killed. So if they blow up a veteran Sherman seventy six for two eighty two, they would gain twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight experience points. Okay. And once they have fifty, they can buy a skill. Now they don't get to pick the skill. They have to roll not. on a table. Of course they do. <laughs> uh, I believe you can pick whether you're doing the gunner. Uh, the commander or the pilot, driver, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, they'd be called a driver in this case. Pilot. <laughs> driver, pilot. driver, gunner, commander. Those flying tanks, they the get pilots. Guy. <laughs> I've seen a few clips of those. Yeah, I mean, permanently flying, not meant to just skipping over tunnel or uh, trenches. But anyway, keep going. So, yep, so as soon as you, as soon as you, during the course of a game, hit that 50 50 XP point me you've knocked out more than one tank at least two I'm thinking unless you're really good and knock out a panther or something right uh, then you pick the guy you roll on the skill and he gets that and he can use that right away sweet so uh, we'll go through the skills because we've seen these pop up before in several of the campaign books for some of the special characters okay yeah mm-hmm 
So the driver skills, the first one is quick reflexes. Uh, play when attack is declared against a vehicle. This vehicle may now make an escape move as if it had the recce ability. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Nice. Get your big tank with a recce on it. That's really awesome. And all these skills are once per game. Oh, okay. So you can only do it once. Yep. Uh, oh, well. Second one is lead foot. Uh, <laughs> you can add six inches to the move on a run or advance. To a run or advance? Yep. So you're basically going to be able to run and shoot. Yes, you could You could advance, advance 12 what? inches. Oh, yeah, that's a familiar skill. Yeah, I like that mm-hmm. one. Right? That's only once a game, though. That's yeah, only, you only that's ever got to use it once anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess there is that. Uh, yeah. Crankhead. During a run or advance, Jeez. the vehicle may make an additional 90-degree turn. Well, that's not the that's not the German soldiers on meth. What? <laughs> right. I was like, crank has a whole different meaning to some people. <laughs> All right, okay. So you can uh, t- turn turn twice. An ex- yeah, you get an extra ninety degree turn. That's really nice, actually. So that, you, yeah. can do, you can do a run and still make a ninety degree turn. Super okay. useful. Yeah, it could be very useful. Uh, so I for terrain. Useful? Play this in the vehicle and just move at least twelve inches away from any cover, in cover from any enemy units. This vehicle goes hidden. Douche. Oh. We've seen that on some special character tanks. Yeah, have. Okay. Um, Push through. This vehicle is given a down order for any reason. The die is turned from down to advance, and the vehicle is given an advance order instead, even if it already acted that turn. If the vehicle is pinned, take an order test again as normal. (laughs) That's good. You get hit, and when you get the stun. Your order dice is turned to down. You get to move. You get to move. You get to do an advance. Well, it's and it's nice too if you're like, well, I guess you can't really go down from a shot, can you? Uh, well, recce is technically down. Right, but you don't get recce. Uh, that's a conversation we can have at another time, like about whether or not you can send a tank into down because that would actually be really nice You'd be like no, uh, but I'm going to move a recce vehicle our armored vehicles sure oh true good point yeah. you could set it as a recce vehicle and just driver upgrade would give you that ability to so would you get an extra move on top of your other move so when you recce you technically turn your order dice to down and right. this would allow you to turn it to an advance so after you recce move you get an advance and fire jeez okay interesting and the last one is bulldozer uh, when you give the vehicle a run order, the vehicle may assault another vehicle without the need to roll an order test. Yeah. If it's pinned. Yeah. Furthermore, it automatically rolls a six for the resulting assault. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So wait, so it just kills <laughs> everything. I want that one. Well, you All wouldn't right. want that on your light tank. That would suck. No, you don't put it on your light tank. Well, no, you roll randomly. Yes, you... you you no, roll, it's, it's for the. D, there's six skills, so you roll a d6. You say, right, yeah. right, but yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like you yeah. might still end up with it on your light tank. Yeah, because you don't have a choice in it, <laughs> whether you want it or not. Yeah, like dang it, now I get, I get Mr. Leadfoot that likes to run people over. Although, I mean, wheel vehicles can't take that one. What uh, if you? It's um, not about the tanker wheel. It's about the the. I think it needs to be like an eight plus armor bag. Oh, that's right. Okay, so well, so if you have a seven plus or a soft skin, you couldn't use that one. Yeah, anyway. you can still do it. Yep, it's, what just if doesn't he, work out well. Yeah. What if you kept the um, the crew separate from the tank and you just you had put them in cards different tank and you could put them in different tanks? I mean, that would be cool. I, I like where your mind is going. So uh, again, I mentioned that when the tank is destroyed, the crew pop out. 
with rifles, uh, they can make their way to their board edge and then would technically survive to play another game. And they would get 20 experience for surviving, and now, yeah, you could, I suppose you could technically give them a different vehicle. Intriguing. Hmm. So. Um, which, which I guess, and Jeff, maybe you know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it standard for a tank crew to remain in the same style of tank throughout the war, or was it throughout the battle, or would would you know? I mean, so you would you would train on no, uh, it's not. You would train on one kind of tank, and often you would be deployed. Your first deployment would be in a different kind of tank a lot of times, and then as your unit received upgraded tanks or newer tanks, you would switch to those. Okay, all right. But so, you you would be from battle to battle. You would have the same tank until you get a until new, a better you, tank. You would generally, off. yeah, you'd get pulled off the line to refit before you'd get new tanks usually. And if you're if you're the bottom man on the totem pole, you might not get the upgraded tank anyway. Right, they're by availability. Late war, there's lots of availability. Right. Early to mid war, particularly with you know, different, depending on the army, there's <laughs> availability can be limited. Right, but. Now, I don't know if that's true for German tanks. I, I can't speak to that because some tank crews were still rolling in Panzer III's late war, which, you know, by that point is a fairly outdated tank. But wasn't that mostly related to them not being able to produce enough? Correct, yeah. Like, I mean, there just wasn't enough to mm-hmm. to refit their tank crews. Right. I was like, I'd rather have a Panzer III than no Panzer at all. I mean... I mean, you'd rather have a Panzer III than like a Renault FT-17 or something you got <laughs> from the invasion of France, sure. Sure. Right. Absolutely. But okay. so yeah, as as better tanks became available, units would be upgraded with new kit, and you would do a little bit of training on that new tank, and then get deployed with them. There you go. Fun. Uh, I can't remember where I saw the video. I think we posted a video about uh, tank uh, tank formations. I thought it was a very intriguing video. Uh, if you go find it on YouTube again, it's I don't remember what it was called, but it was the training video for the U.S. the U.S. Army during that during that time frame, and it was. Showing how a, a column of of tanks should travel. It wasn't yeah. a private snafu video, was it? No, it was not. No, God, no. It was actually <laughs> it was an actual like. Well, I mean, not that snafu videos were not training material, but this is more of a how to operate and what to do with your tanks. I can't remember where I found it, but it was a very, a very, very interesting video about how how you're supposed to travel in a, in a tank formation, and you know who's supposed to be looking where and how you're supposed to drive when you're you know, on a dusty road versus not dusty road. Mm-hmm. Like it's just very interesting things. The things you think about when you're doing this, like you should drive under the tree so people can't see you. And no, you should not drive on the road if you can avoid it because it kicks up dirt, whatever, like all that kind of stuff. Anyway. So or you get a bunch of skills. Oh, let's do gunner skills. Let's do gunner skills. Gunner skills. All right. Yeah, yeah. First, first one is dead eye. Uh, play before you roll to hit. Add three to the single shots hit modifier. Dear Lord. Remember, one still misses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was going to be a pirate. You know, pirate did I, yar. Okay. Oh, there you go. Plus, uh, plus three? Wow. Plus three. So he's a sniper in a in a tank, is what you're like, saying, yeah. essentially. What, if you want that shot to hit, there's the there's time to do it. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, next one. Uh, snap shooter. Play after uh, target attempts to recce. For the target of the shot... Uh, cannot react to being targeted, including its ability to recce. Shit. Yowzers. Mm. That's fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Hair trigger. Play after the vehicle makes a run move. The vehicle may shoot after making a run move. Damn. Uh, adrenaline rush. Play after you fire this vehicle's main gun. The main gun may be fired a second time this turn, but it must target <laughs> the same unit as the first shot. Oh, Jesus. sure. Of course. Yeah, that's nice. great. Thanks. That's yeah. brilliant. Okay. I like that one. Skill shot. Play when you give this vehicle a fire order. Uh, the pen value of the vehicle's main gun increases by D3, including HE. Gauzos. Wait. Yes, that's a problem with the with rules. V1 rules. Well, no, so it's just... So it's an HE is, you know, a pen value is 2, 3, 4, depending on the inches of the template, and it's increasing it by D3 for that shot. Right, so what if you're at a 4-inch template already? 7, baby. <laughs> that exists. Uh, all right. Okay. I, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll take your word for it. I don't know if that's how it works. Well, so it's the, <laughs> the pen value increases. It's sure. not the blast radius. Okay. This is the way I'm reading it. Well, that's the problem is these don't have radiuses per se because they don't. Right. This is version one. So right. But, um, interesting. Last, cool. last one is long shot. Play before you select the target for this vehicle's main gun. The range of the main gun is doubled. Jeez. Okay. Um, that one's less valuable, but yeah, that uh, one's pretty you're shit. You're not going to have anything at long range. Stable. Well, plus oh, one. Oh, good to point. Hit, you'll always yeah. You'll also, be plus, plus one, one pen, I guess. Where yeah. you don't you don't have the minus one pen over half. Right. It's once per game though. Still, so it's but still that's nice, I guess. Especially if you're playing in Jeff's 15 millimeter world. Yep. It would yep. be kind of it would be a little bit better in that world, but uh, okay. Commander skills. These are going to be as bonkers as the rest of them, I'm sure. All right, so the first one is Lucky. Uh, play when the enemy is about to roll on the damage result chart against this vehicle. The roll is not made, and the vehicle does not suffer any further adverse effects from the hit. That's Jesus. pretty lucky. <laughs> okay. Uh, Strict Discipline. Uh, play before you give this vehicle an order. This vehicle loses all of its pin encounters. Wow. That's really fucking handy. Right. Uh, eagle Eye. Play this when the vehicle is nominated as the target of a ranged attack or assault. If this vehicle has line of sight to the attacker, it may react by shooting the attacker with any one of its weapons that has LOS to the attacker. That could be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. Uh, motivational leader play when you give this vehicle an order when you use the skill choose one of your driver or gunner skills that you've already used this game you may use it one more time this game if your crew does not have any gunner or driver skills you may choose to re-roll on the commander skill table instead of receiving the skill that's that's with some of the stuff that you've already listed that's pretty damn good <laughs> yeah okay battle awareness play after both sides have deployed if you both if both players wish to use this ability, roll off. Uh, you may reposition this vehicle up to 12 inches away from its original position, still abided by the deployment rules. Yeah. Okay. Which Can be is useful. Strange, yeah. Because they're only scenario in the book. Everything's in a first wave. Sure. Uh, they're anticipating other scenarios coming yeah. from other and, sources. And actually, there are. They do have some historicals a little later on in the book. Uh, last one is follow me. Play before I give this vehicle a runner advance order. Choose a friendly vehicle within 12 inches and in line of sight. And if it has a down, let's see. If it has a down order, then put that die back in the cup. I like that one. That's uh, amazing. I mean, you have to be down. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have to have gone down. But I mean, you're kind of already hosed. 
Well, so but you or you wreckied, or you wreckied. Well, th- I mean, recce'd. or you wreckied, or you, yeah, I mean, somehow issued yourself a down order to move forward six inches, and you got to put it back in. Yeah. Well, failed order check is a down order, and you mm-hmm. reverse. Unless you have that special ability, the driver skill, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. So if you have that driver terrible. skill, it could have some... What I like about this is there's. it seems like there's some synergies that you could play around with in there. If you got them, I guess you have to. You don't get to pick them, so it's probably and that's, right. a little harder to it's get. It's certainly useful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I often find myself training for something and automatically end up with a random skill. So, you know, not specifically what I was trying to do. Right. Um, yeah. That happens to you too, huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> I've, been, I've been studying this trigonometry forever, and all of a sudden I've learned everything about history. What are you talking about? Like I was working in uh, the courtroom for like three years, and all I learned how to do was make a good cup of coffee. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, isn't that the first like ten years of any lawyer's life? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I think there's some cool stuff in there. I wish that it was more useful to like everyday bolt action. Yeah. I so I wish they signed points. To if you it, could buy a tank and pay points to pick up a skill yeah. for your tank. Yep. I How would much fun would that be? Love a lot living. of fun. I would love it. If like you in regular that. bolt action, I mean. Instead of so, yeah. taking yeah. these and sprinkled them out through special characters that no one can play with in tournaments. Right, right, yeah. But if you could just buy, like, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, Lucky for my, for my you know, giant-ass tank that I want. Yep. Right? It makes that 600-point 600, 600 tiger seem like a valuable, like, like oh, it's going to shrug off the first hit. That's That makes it just that much better. The, the first pen. The first pen, yeah. Right, yeah, yes. It's not even the first hit. It's the first actually penetrating. Yeah. So th- that to me is like, that would be awesome. I would love, it would uh, it would offer people other alternatives to like how, how to play the game. Like you can bring a tank that's a little bit more variant than others because mm-hmm. you have some, some skills inside the tank. I'd love yep. it. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Let's do it. Come on, come on, Warlord, do it! I don't know how you. Do, I don't know how you would do it. I think you'd have to. We'd have to. Someone would have to have a serious discussion about what the point value of some of those are, because some of those skills are incredibly good. Um, well, I, mean, I think you just have it set. You know, hey, we're playing fifteen hundred points, and you've got a uh, hundred and fifty XP for your crew, so you can buy sure. three three skills throughout your yeah. sure. And remember, it's still a big points investment to do that. You know. 150 points is a whole squad, extra squad of guys you could have had. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, what, like, are you going to rate all of those skills as as equals? No, but I, I wouldn't. You, well, you're going to find out very quickly which ones people are well, thinking no. are the best. Well, you, right. You make it an upgrade, and you make it so they have to roll on the table, and they get what they get. <clears throat> sure, you could do that too. Like, okay, beginning of the game, uh, I bought four skills. Okay, let's roll them. Well, I'm thinking you probably yeah. buy one skill. One for your skill, one yeah. tank. Well, if right. you got four and tanks, you, choose... you might buy one in each tank. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like a regular bolt action game. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about oh, regular oh, bolt action game. Right, it, well, a regular I bolt would, action yeah. game. Yeah, regardless of the, of the type of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you wouldn't was, have four was, skills yeah. on one tank. You'd maybe have a couple skills total. Like, I, I love that idea. Is like you roll it at the beginning of the game, it's just a random thing that you get. Yeah, I mean, you could choose whether you want the... Driver, gunner, or, or commander. commander. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe you don't do the commander, but well, don't do the pilot. 
Don't do the pilot. That's the steering guy. So it's um, you know, and then whatever that is, and then you roll and you yeah. know. Yep. At the beginning of the game, you're just gonna have it's just an extra chart, and you just have to roll on it. That's I love it. Brilliant. Warlord, send it to print. Let's go. And then maybe <laughs> maybe as a a, a a bonus in the snafu for winning, I don't know a zone, you can reroll that. Your tank guys can or or that. roll two dice and pick one, something. Yeah. Yeah, we could definitely work this in for Snafu next year. Mm-hmm. To twenty twenty two, you mean? Twenty twenty. I'm still. I'm still hoping for twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty one. We're late enough in the year. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're still coming up in like you know thirteen months from our event. So. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Uh, and if things clear up before then, maybe we can do a special spring fling thing. Mm, I'm not holding my breath for that one at this point. Um, yeah, I love that idea of. I, I think it would add another layer of flavor right you're just adding just a little bit more variance to everyone's list and something that gives their their tank something special again we're still we're still looking for something that the game's been out long enough and just some little tweaks might help make it give it a new fresh look yeah mm-hmm. or or in, and maybe you don't let all the tanks have all the select all of the choices i don't know you can do lots of things with it i I would love to see more of this in the main rulebook in whatever fashion you can. Obviously, this is more of a you know linked game scenario, but ways that you can incorporate that into like a competitive play would be fun. Although I, like Pat said, I think you'd see the ones that if you if they're selectable, I think you'd see some that would obviously be obvious choices versus right. some yeah. of the other ones. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, so with those skills, now we can talk about legendary crews because I think that's where legendary crews come in, right? For for this book, yeah. they talk about uh, having special characters, essentially. There is a lot of special characters. Yeah. Is Brad Pitt in there? Uh, no, I didn't see him, but they oh. got uh, somebody's Tiger One who's got Deadeye, Battle Awareness, Skill Shot, and Sharpshooter. Dear Lord. Plus, he's also got his own special rules. He, he is coming in at 519 points veteran. He's a in, Tiger One. In Tiger One? That's not yep. that bad. Nope. He okay. has a special rule of camouflage. While his tank is in cover, he's additional minus one. Uh, long range, he could hit targets long range so he doesn't suffer the minus one. And then plus he's got those four skills. Oh, I'm just going to go look at what a normal What's a regular cost? Tiger cost? Is it that's that's what I'm looking up right now. He's at 519 with four skills. Tiger One? Yeah. No fuel shortage or with fuel shortage? No fuel shortage. Regular, you said? Yep. A veteran. Veteran is 474 points. Oh, yeah, that's worth Ooh. it. So, how, you use how many points? 519. So, you get four skills. Dude, that's a that's a, that's a no-brainer. Right? That's... Mm-hmm. You get yeah. a bunch of extra kit on top of it um, for not that many points for, like, what, 50 points? It's a little less than 50 points. Do we have a skill Bloodlust? Did I miss that? Which one was that one? Yeah, that's it's, when your that's when your attack speed goes up by like 40%. It's like a 40-second <laughs> buff. Uh, you get a debuff on that too, seemingly like once every five minutes, right? <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, but you, the debuff clears when you die. Oh, well, there you go. For that all of those meta nerds out there the that play wipes. WoW, yeah. So. Maybe it's in the description. I didn't see that first. The mage version yeah. is called Time Warp in case, you know. 
You're playing the time warp. That's mm, right, yeah. You might have to search the document for time warp, Pat. <laughs> I might. Yeah, so apparently they have a, he has a skill listed as Bloodlust, which they don't explain. But he's also got Lucky Hair Trigger and Battle Awareness. And this is another 519 Tiger veteran. Bloodlust. Tiger 1. I, I want to know what Bloodlust is. I think we're making up uh, rules for Bloodlust right now. <laughs> yeah, we seem to be. Let me see how good the search function is in this thing. All right, good luck, dude. So my guess for bloodlust is if it's done done wound to a vehicle, it will be easier to hit vehicles in the future or some shit like that. What was that? Was that? Uh, was that the one that fired it fired twice or whatever? It hit the first time and could fire again at the same target. That was hair trigger. That wasn't hair trigger. I don't remember which one that one was now off the top of my head, but it was not called bloodlust because you called nothing bloodlust. It was I not remember no, that because it is. I did a full search and found one, and it is in this entry. So, uh, whoops! Yeah, so there's a typo in there. Well, not so much a typo as an omission. Right, so let's yeah. just assume that rule doesn't exist. But still, at five, five. Uh, so he's, al- he's also got good. a special rule of fierce ambush. Whenever the unit fires from ambush, it may fire its main gun twice, either the same target or two different targets. Oh my god! We've heard that one before, haven't we? Yeah. Well, uh, so you could just fire at a random target, like. You didn't move, but well, not I'm random use exactly. My... But well, yeah, <laughs> it's not random. But you can shoot at a target that's out of ambush order. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm wondering how you could fire at two different targets since the ambush uh, requires movement to trigger, and you can't have two targets moving at the same. Time. Well, that's what I was trying to figure out. But it just says, but you have to be able to trigger the ambush. Right. So one of them would have to fire at the ambush unit, but the other one could fire at anything that it can see. I would. That would make sense to me. Is like it doesn't, it doesn't say you have to follow the rules of the ambush. It just has to have ambushed to do it. I guess. I don't know. That's or weird. or it resolves at the end of the turn, and you can fire two units then. So they got a they got a jag tiger. Seven hundred and seventeen points as veteran. Oh no, big deal. Well, Yag Tiger's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, Yag Tiger's. I don't know what a, a normal Yag Tiger is, but oh shit, I'm just leaving the page that had that on it. Uh, he's also got special rules of grit. Unit ignores the first pin marker. Decisive advantage. Uh, he executes a run. It may fire its main gun. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, 128 millimeter pack 44. The main gun does not suffer the minus one pen- penetration for long range. It counts as the full plus seven at all ranges. Also has strict discipline, eagle eye, adrenaline rush, and crankhead. Hmm. Wow. So how many points was that? Yag Tiger? Seven, 17. For what level? Regular? Veteran. veteran. Okay, so you can't get a Yag Tiger at Veteran. Oh, really? So the, so a regular is 560. But that thing's a, it is a beast. I mean, it's a freaking monster of a gun. So it's 11 plus armor with a 7 plus gun on it. Uh, yeah, that's going to pick off Sherman's all day long. Yeah, and what is which, which stuff did it get? I'm sorry. I was looking uh, at the rules. So it ignores the first pin. It can it can fire after a run. And oh it's God. always a plus 7 at all ranges for the pen. Strict discipline, <laughs> eagle eye, adrenaline rush, and crankhead. So it can the turn as well. Run. Yeah, so the eagle eye is like the the gonna hit strict discipline yeah just to remove all the pins and then the crankhead is yeah go ahead and turn one extra time so and it, <laughs> and it can run and shoot so you can run turn shoot yeah oof okay the plus seven 
with the plus seven. Yep, that's a big. That's a big. That's a lot of points, though. Yeah. Well, and then they got a veteran Panther at four ninety six. Also, uh, so veteran four ninety six. Uh, decisive advantage. Can execute a run order. It may fire its main gun again. Uh, exceptional leadership. After a run order, choose friendly within six inches that has an order dice next to it. Put it back in the cup. Panthers heavy frontal armor means all shots against the front count as a damage value of ten plus. Motivational okay. leader, dead eye, push through, and quick reflexes. I mean, four ninety six. What's a panther veteran? I gotta keep looking these things up. Well, that's Just... why you have easy armor, right? <laughs> that is why. Which version of panther? Veteran. Uh, a through G, dude. Uh, a no, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, would, a veteran is four twenty six. I guess that's why they don't let special characters play, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's. I mean, unfortunately, you're getting. You, everyone would have a special character, which actually would be kind of cool. You would see a lot of the same characters, though. I think because some are overcosted <clears> for what yeah. they are. You'd have to like. You'd have to like streamline that pointing to some degree. <laughs> Then we move into some of the U.S. We've got uh, Veteran Sherman for 304. It's not telling me which Sherman it is. Right. Uh, who's the character? Uh, Lafayette G. Poole. Well, thanks. Okay. Lafayette G. Poole. Medium anti-tank gun, so it sounds like it's... It sounds like it's the one of the 70s. 75. 70, that's 75, a 75, yeah. yeah. So, so he's got lead from the front. Uh, as long as he's further in front to the table edge than any of the other units, all of your units can draw a line of sight to the Sherman get plus one morale. He's got rapid fire. When you give him a fire order, he may fire the main gun twice. Same or two different targets. Uh, and then he's got... Oh, so it's 76. The AT shells has got the upgrade. So veterans two ninety two typically, and then he's got strict discipline, quick reflexes, hair trigger, skill shot. So yeah, that's a no brainer to take that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're still scared of those other German ones, though. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not spending as many points as the American, though. <coughs> find well, me, find me that Pershing. Let's find that Pershing in there. Well, all right. So they they've got another Sherman that's fairly similar. Three hundred fourteen points. Oh, again, he's got the decisive that's putting Arter Dice back into the cup. Uh, trying to find some bigger tanks in here. But yeah, there's not as many. No, there's not. Then they That's all they had for the Americans. They got some British ones. Who's drive, who, drove, who drove Fury? Brad Pitt? They're not Brad Pitt. fucking real name. You asked too many questions. Was Fury a real tank? <clears throat> I don't think so. I mean, it was in a movie. Right? I mean, so it, it really exists in a movie. Right, well, that's, yeah, there you okay, go. that doesn't count then. All right. I'm trying to figure out what it was based off of. Was it based off a real story or was it not? Kind of tangentially off a story that's not okay. accurately represented in Fine. a movie. Are you telling me that Germans don't approach tanks in single file lines? Um, There's... Oh, man, don't get me started on historical accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Too late sorry, for that. sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't back mean up, to get us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, regret. I, l- regret I love the decision. movie because there's an actual tiger tank in it. It's the last running one in the world. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Everything else in that movie will make you cry. 
I, I, I will fully admit I have not seen it. Yeah. So. Uh, Russian's got a T-34 veteran. That's not that exciting. But it's oh, here's a KV-1. Ooh, yeah. All right. Now we're talking. Uh, veteran at 465. Let me uh, go tell you what it is. What is it? What do they get? Uh, fierce Ambush. That's the one where he gets to come out of Ambush and fire twice. He's armored all around. Is that as a normal? That's his special. That's his special rule. Well, he's also got slow, so that might be KV one's normal too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds right. Shot snap shooter. KV one. Here it is. KV one. Uh, four hundred twenty for veteran. Okay, so slow and it's slow and armored all around is or their basic rule set. So you're yep. playing. You're paying forty five for the fierce ambush and the four skills. Yep. France has one. Ooh, yeah, Leclerc, isn't it? Uh, it's Billiet. Oh, oh, okay. That probably pronouncing it. Probably Belay. And a Char B one Bis three fourteen yeah. veteran. Yes, uh, yes. Special rules are exceptional commander. The normal one man tur- rule does not apply. Well, there you nice. go. Slow and armored all around, and push through adrenaline rush, strict discipline, and lucky. I like the I like the special characters from a standpoint you like know what you're getting. <laughs> you're like here are my yeah. skills that I get. These are awesome. Yeah, I don't have to roll and go. Well, okay, now I need to figure a strategy to try and use that. Yeah, that would be the tricky part about doing it in a, in a tournament setting. But I don't know. And then they have some other scenarios for you that they have great great tank battles of World War Two, and these are just more scenarios that you'd find in a campaign book. They do have Kursk in here. Cool. Uh, Operation Supercharge. I think that was a desert one. Sounds chargy. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and then they got Kursk is about three pages. Okay. So those are those are pretty fun. And actually, I think uh, other than the game of Tank Wars, I played against Jesse when we did that. Hey, let's grab all the tanks you have painted and put them on the table. Cool. Give me two days. I'm going to paint three more tanks. Uh, <laughs> I played. I think we did uh, Battle of Bastone was the other tank scenario, tank war scenario I played, which is mm-hmm. pretty fun. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, it's a good one. Yep. So that you know, much like you'd find in the campaign books, that's what you're getting. You're getting extra scenarios that are have specific. They give the history in there, so it's kind of cool. They got the Battle of Berlin. Cool. End war stuff. Some like buried Panthers. Probably, maybe. Maybe not. Well, they don't. They they just. Uh, no, not really. They're not. They're not offering any additional units in there. You're still just develop. You're still building your. Right. Your tank platoon. I, I'm just thinking of other the Road to Berlin book and stuff. They all now offer you like dug in tanks and shit. Oh, so. sure, sure. I, I think is there's interesting interplay with some of the new new theater books as far as tank war stuff goes. I think that's really cool too. So. Yeah, it offers some validity to this book and maybe why they should consider doing a little upgrade to V2, but they, mm-hmm. won't. You they know, didn't do any of the army books except for Germany. Some say it didn't do them a lot of favors, but... Yeah, I, I think it would be an interesting... There could be interesting play with that, too, where you're giving skills to tanks inside of that scenario to represent whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever hero was present, you know, what, or, well, they're all heroes, but... You know, whatever you know, like whatever part of that battle was important 
to that they're trying to capture. Oh, and the the one last thing on the legendary ones before I move on to the next part here is they do actually give the you know what happened to that particular character after the war, you know how they died or what happened to them, or so they they give nice history about the character too. So they, I mean, each one of them have almost a full page. That's I mean, it's nice that they're giving them that much. Other than that, it's depressing to think about sometimes. Right? But yeah. Well, you know, everyone dies, I guess. But anyway dark for this time of night <laughs> right Jesus. so let's let's talk about they have uh several pages of command vehicles in here which we alluded to yeah and, and this is the part where they finally tell you that if you choose any of the following vehicles as the command vehicle in your lead platoon it doesn't matter if the vehicle is a different type from the other compulsory vehicles they can still benefit from the radio network well thanks for bringing that up finally all right mm-hmm. wait so you so you okay so if it's one of these listed items you can have Wait, how does that work then? Do all the rest of them have to still be the same? So, in order to get the radio network, you have to have the three compulsory have to be the same. Mm-hmm. But they're saying if you take the command one of the command vehicles here, just the other two have to be the same. Right. Okay. So you could have, so you could have a Pershing. Well, what, let's go through these and we'll figure out what the example would be. Okay. Well, a lot of them are not very exciting, but this the first one I'm going to bring up is a Germany one. Uh, it's the. SDKFZ-253 Armored Command Half-Track. Oh, yes. Okay. Perfect. Uh, although the half-track is misleading because this one actually says it was fully enclosed for additional protection. Yeah. Oh. yeah so it's yeah, a fully enclosed transport that can cover five men that is also a command vehicle for 90 points regular. Oh. Well, there you go. Fully enclosed transport. But only fits five dudes, so... I'm it's still well, not bad. What's, what's the French one hold? Doesn't it hold like eight? The well, well, V-Dub holds six, or the big one can hold 12. Yeah. And that's Keep the only other fully enclosed transport I know. Yeah. Well, for sure that there's some value in having a closed transport. It's your command vehicle for one, and you're playing a tank worse, tank worse list. <clears> so five-man crew, <laughs> five-man, five dudes is probably not the greatest. Well, I'll also point out that all of these specifically state that this uh, they count as either an armor car or a tank for generic reinforced platoon. So these are all available in reinforced platoon. Oh, w- which well. is which is cool. I... Okay. So what's well, 90, 90 point regular, no weapons, seven plus armor, five man transport, or so light howitzer, light tank. It takes takes which slot? Armored car. In the Germany book. Yep. That's hard. That's tough. Yeah. That's there's too many other good choices at that point. Puma? I mean, I'd upgrade to the Puma in a heartbeat. It doesn't carry any dudes, but it's got a hell of a gun on it. Mm-hmm. There's other choices that are, I mean, considerably more viable. I don't like putting a tra- transport in my armored car slot, right? So to speak. <clears throat> well, uh, it, yeah. it's an option. It's cool. It's it gives you some in, in some interesting choices there for sure. Uh, what's the next one? What else we got? Uh, we got. Uh, SDKFZ-263 Armored Command Vehicle. It's an 8 rad. Okay. 105 points regular. It's It's got a hall-mounted MMG and it's a command vehicle. So, A lot of these, the, the guns are very unluring or very lacking, as a better word. But they're a command vehicle that saves you that 25-point tax of putting on your other vehicle, I guess. And maybe they're yeah. kind of built in the cost. I'm sure they are. Uh, the other one I want to Really point out because they're they're all kind of like okay so it's a command vehicle it's doesn't have it's not there for it's not there for its gun right. to say the least 
And if you're playing Tank Wars, you kind of want to have a, have a gun. Seems like it. Uh, Great Britain also has a command armored truck. Uh, that's not the one I want. There's a better one than that, isn't there? Oh, no, this is the one. Okay, so this is this is also fully armored. This can transport 10 guys. 100 points regular. No gun. But fully enclosed for 10 guys. Okay. And so, I mean, uh, you know, take for example, I mean, Dave ran a list of bug eater last year that had this and two chaffies and a radio network. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what kind of some people are missing is that, you know, if you take the command vehicle, it's not, it doesn't have to fit into the compulsory of the other of the other two. So that's, that's, yeah, that's cool. There you go. That's probably the biggest missed thing in Tank Wars. Because they don't tell you until you're looking at the specific command vehicles and you're like, well, screw that. I'm just going to pay 25 so I can have my three in my radio network. Right. So the U.S. But, also have a version of the Priest and the Scout car, which, as you'd imagine, are not as good as the actual vehicles, but they have the built-in command vehicle option. Okay. I, I think there's some interesting things there, for sure. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff. I, I would not necessarily see him outside of a tank war platoon, but I could see him working inside a tank war, tank war platoon. Yep. I'd, I, would, I would definitely not consider most of them for, you know, like, if they're taking your armored car or tank slot. That's, yeah. You wouldn't want that. No, in most cases, probably not. I guess if it was still offering morale bo- boosts to all your infantry and shit, then maybe, sure. I don't know. It'd still get blown up pretty quick. <clears throat> I think I'd be within 12 inches, but, yeah, they... Well, no, it has to be the vehicles. That's right. Yeah, it only works for guy vehicles. You, right you got to bring a lieutenant for. Yep. Right. Yep. And they also have uh, armored recovery vehicles. These are vehicles specifically designed to go pull the disabled tanks that haven't finished blowing up yet back for repair. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole slew of them with varying degrees, and they have a couple scenarios that are based around you going and retrieving. And I think it was in the, the basically the the theater campaigns or the com- scenarios. Of you're supposed to go retrieve this vehicle, and that's what you use the armory car vehicles. You would never put these in competitive list whatsoever, but it's nice that they bother to put them as an entry. <laughs> gives adds a couple pages and gives you something to think about. Right. Yep. And you know, somebody I'm sure somewhere has played a scenario where those rules came into play. So that's oh, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Well, again, if you if you go through the what they have the scenarios in the book here, that some of them are specifically for you to. The objective is to go recover this drag, drag, Tiger One. Yeah, drag the tanks off the table. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you'd put these in your list, and I wouldn't ever use them otherwise. Cool. <laughs> I mean, when they probably come up very seldomly, but they're there yeah. for when you and need them. It's not very often in a bolt action game that I'm worried about getting that disabled vehicle back off the table. There are times where I'm like, get it out of my freaking way. Like, I don't want that dead carcass there. I want it gone. Move it. Move it. <laughs> Who lost the powers in the middle of this bridge and then blew it up? Now yeah. I can't do anything? Now I can't do anything? Now i got to get this damn tractor out here to drag it away. Ha-ha, I'm out. It's, oh, the game's over. Shit. <laughs> just in case you wanted to, the very last pages are filled with tanker lingo for each of the countries. Ooh. Okay. Do you need to do that? Yeah. I mean... I just get down at the ground level and make sputtering noises while I'm moving my tanks. So, <laughs> I sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody that does that. It, you can play with your toys however you want, right? It's well, good. Okay, there's you. a bunch of German ones I can't pronounce for you, but you know, 
<laughs> I'm not going to try. Flemin is to kick someone in the rear or deliver a beating to the enemy. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Who so, who was that? Who whose lingo is that? British? German. German. Okay. It says Flamin. Uh, I would assume that means light them on fire. Right. I don't know how accurate these are, but they they'll let you know that, uh, that Snafu stands for Situation Normal All Followed Up. Fouls in quotes, of course. Yeah. Well, that's how it has to be. Right. Yep. So there you go. That's Tank Wars. That's Tank Wars. It's and ending flat. Cause yeah, well. I, it is what it is. I would love to see updates to this that either incorporate into normal play. I think that's that's the big thing that's missing to me is that there isn't a variant of bolt action where you're allowed to take more than one tank without like having to like dual platoons, yeah, like some crazy selectors. shit, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow make tournaments that'll let you take a armored platoon, right? Like make. I, I would love for them to make Tank Wars a viable, like, here's a variant of the reinforced platoon that we allow in standard play. Like, I think right now the problem is, is that three to five armor pieces is probably too much for most armies to handle. Well, uh, a thousand points. You know, I mean, if you keep the points the same... You, yeah, you, sure. They're probably okay. I mean, they're, they're lacking... Because the generic bolt action doesn't allow armor to armor vehicles claim objectives, and if you're an objective game, you're screwed without infantry. Well, yep. that's a, that's only if you don't clear off all their infantry, <laughs> I guess. Well, <laughs> right, and then you still don't have any objectives, and so still a draw. Right. Yeah, you'd be playing. You'd be playing a lot of weird. Yeah. So you, if you were trying to do a armored platoon for a regular bolt action game, you would have to bring infantry and protect the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. Yep, you'd have to, yeah, for sure. Because you would not have as much of it. Especially if you're in an objective scoring game like key positions. I mean, yeah. if you're in the just the, you know, blow up the arter dice and don't get blown up, then you're fine. Right. I don't know. It maybe, it's, maybe it's not to go as far as to say that it has to be the current format of the tank platoon. Um... There probably are other ways you could do it, but just even offering people the ability to have more than one tank or you know some variance to that single reinforced platoon would be kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just looking at ways of spicing, making things spicy again in this relationship. <laughs> I kind of, or you know, just making. I think the problem is, is a lot of people have kind of ignored tank wars, you know, as much as we have, like right, because yeah, it's partially a holdover from version one. It also doesn't fit into most competitive play formats. Um, it it sometimes comes up in weird like doubles and stuff like that, but it's not something that you often see well, played. I've, I've heard that there's been a couple of a couple of terms in, in uh, like Canada, and I think there's one down in Australia that get talked about that are here. It here's the points, armored or reinforced, your choice. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear how those actually do. Who was the mm-hmm. guy who put like twelve of the little minuscule vehicles out, like the little seven plus guys? Mad Bob. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was Mad Bob. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had just a ridiculous number of them. Yep. It was an armored platoon or two or three. It, it was to say at least two. Yeah. I can't remember which tank he had. Were those the Japanese tanks? No, they were the FT seventeens. No, the French ones. French. They yeah. were the French ones. That's right. Yep. That's right. Okay. But yeah, I don't have any idea how well it did. I. 
honestly don't know. But I think it did okay. It did okay. Yeah, I, it's depending on the. Again, I just would like it to be available and viable and not break any metas. I don't like that. Sounds is very lofty. I'm sure that's not even physically possible, but I would love to see it somehow incorporated back into second edition or into third edition when it happens. Maybe they don't need to have two books. Well, shit. Maybe they do because they like to sell stuff because that's you know what companies do, <laughs> and and rightfully so. They should be able to do that. Is that. Like they should try and make money. That's otherwise we don't have bolt action anymore. But uh, I don't know. I I love it. I would love to see more of it. Well, and and the couple of games to see. I think I've played a total of five games. I mean, we we've played one at one of our. Weekend getaways. That one was very dull for me because I your shit got blown up. Oh yeah, here's stuff kept backing up. up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I kept backing up into the perfect line of sight or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Up. Like okay, <laughs> you, you failed, backed up, and got a side shot from one of the other tanks. That's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, that one I played with Jesse, where we each had like thirty-two hundred points. So that was a lot of fun. That was just a blast. But that took you know three and a half hours or something. Then a couple other ones I played, but yeah, they're pretty good. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of just flipping one dice and hoping for the best. I, I'm, I'm a more of a handful of dice sort of guy. But sure. Yeah, it's I, got its place. I was going to say that is the only downfall of. Well, there's a couple downfalls in the, the in bolt action as far as tanks go. One of them being is there's very few dice typically, so it's usually you're throwing one dice at. Uh, you know, you're not you're not playing to averages. And the other issue with tank wars is that they're typically lower uh, activation dice. Yep, lower yep. dice. Yep. Which uh, which is a problem in a lot of in a lot of circumstances as far as being able to like play a competitive game. So something to consider. I don't know how you fix it. I'm sure. I'm sure by next episode we'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to get all of this. Now, stuff in probably there. at least fifty five before I figure it out. Okay, fine. Well, we'll talk about it again in the future. Uh, that's Take Worse. I don't got anything else. Anyone else got anything else? Enjoy your evening. Thank you very much for listening. Pat, lead us out of here so we can go to bed. This is Snafu, over and out. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. Have a good night, guys. Good night, folks. Yeah.
there you go. That's how you measure beer. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. You can do it another way, but it's that's another whole different story. Anyway, um, okay. So, Let's does do anyone this. besides me have this book? I don't, because I never bought it, because I thought they were going to fucking update it. <laughs> that should be our opening. Yeah, that's... The, why would I buy a book that they were going to update that they never updated? Because they never did. <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I got the PDF on one of their 50% off PDF days or something like that. Right, yeah. where they had all of the... Like, you buy all of them? No, they had... like All PDFs were like 30 or 20% off or something like that. So I picked it up for like nine bucks. Yeah, that, yeah. okay, maybe I should have done it then because that would have been more sense. Yeah. It would have been the first PDF I own of this shit, though. I have a really tough time buying PDFs like this because it's like...